0: We can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick.
1: So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes.
0: You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends if they make you a better person than you otherwise would be that's the ultimate gift it deals for the most part with success it deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them people look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same like you're doing all this for a reason remind yourself this fight that you're in this is what will make you stronger Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. I've got myself, Austin, in Elmer, Quebec, Ammer in Toronto, Ontario, John in Kelowna, BC, Correct. and Gabe in Wakefield, Quebec. How are we doing this evening, gentlemen?
1: I'm feeling amazing.
0: I want you to know, guys, okay, uh, I know we rescheduled this podcast for me um, which I truly appreciate. However, I am sitting here with you on the evening of Miranda's 26th birthday and, uh, we had a nice weekend away. So that's why we rescheduled the podcast, right? Cause we weren't going to really realistically be able to be doing things away, having fun on a Monday night, given our schedules. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, just so you 26 know 26 years of life for miranda i was just like a. I jo- i was trying to like well about. uh i just i, I, I guess i have a few questions
1: guilt. so one before i say i appreciate you being here because I, I i can't <laughs> i don't know whether or not you being here on her birthday is actually significant because um is it uh, just so you're asking, is it a merit-based birthday or is it just a seniority-based birthday
0: it's a seniority-based birthday
1: seniority-based yeah. okay yeah no worries then yeah yeah, yeah. you can make it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> John was once quoted in our uh, Weekly Ballers group chat, uh, as someone pointed out that it was one of the members' birthday. Everyone was like, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And it was like 15 people like, "Ah." and John just chimes in saying, birthdays are the participation medals of life. (laughs) I feel like birthdays are over-celebrated. I'm happy that you exist or something. It was like so (laughs) fucking awesome. (laughs)
1: participation like, no they awards. are i agree i agree i
0: agree at but it's point, a reason it's just a reason to have fun realistically I mean, you know like it's, it's, it's like it, there's special. a lot of
1: yeah there's a lot of marketing attached to people yeah. selling their birthdays for sure yeah. <clears> um <throat> for sure. but uh at what point do you think people started celebrating their birthdays like at what point like, can know, like, no, no but like did adam and eve celebrate birthdays fuck that's a good question
2: i think it's when the black death came And people who are like becoming older than one, they're like, "Yes, not a dead baby.
3: We should celebrate that." (laughs) So I got uh, yeah, like
1: I don't even know if like, do you think like, what point did age even become a thing? You know,
3: like yeah. So apparently, I'm going to share the screen here. Um, I got some facts. Hold on. Let's go. Hold on. Let's go, Jamie. Jamie's on it. Pull that up, Jamie.
1: Like if anything, like I feel like if if I like if I was to go back to Hunter Gatherer society, my culture would not celebrate birthdays. They'd celebrate death days. Every time you took a man's life, we would celebrate that. That's what mm-hmm. I would fucking
3: that's a <laughs> Jesus.
1: Have. Dude, you can't <laughs> you kill group of warriors.
3: <laughs> that's it's like, yo, dude,
1: John's got 10 death days stacked. He's going to he's going to probably cash those in this Saturday. It's going to be a banger. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
3: Yeah, oh. John's
0: ended ten lives. Let's.
3: Uh, uh, the the Greeks, Greeks came up with the birthday the candles. Apparently, so, so they adopted those ancient Egyptian birthdays. I'll tell you what. The birth of a god. Oh, I don't. I don't
1: fucking Sparta celebrated fucking birthdays. I'll tell you that much. This they, is a. They,
3: this is what the Greeks had three thousand years ago. This cake right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a three thousand year old Greek cake. <laughs> It's a photo with extremely of extremely ornate watered, icing. Yeah. Extremely <laughs> fancy cake. Oh, the giving All right. of gifts. Oh, the Romans, obviously. Yeah, so the, the Greeks rum-ins.
0: definitely hit that boomerang at the <laughs> restaurant table with the girls, you know, like slow-mo drinks cheering. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, John, I was at a place in uh, it's in Montebello, Quebec, and it's called uh, Park Montebello. Omega. Uh, it's called Park Omega. And it's essentially like a drive-through. Uh, like experimental farm type like thing where animals walk up to your car and you can like feed them carrots and stuff you drive through this whole thing it's like, a, it's like okay. it's like it's <laughs> like it's like a 10 kilometer loop is it a drive and through zoo basically it's a drive through zoo yeah all right and so like massive caribou and elk and deer come up to your car and you and you just give them a carrot and they just like <sniffs> fucking disappears into their face like a full fucking like massive carrot anyway it made me think of because there was a a place that was all obviously there's some animals that they don't let come up to your car, like Arctic <clears throat> fox, um, moose, obviously, uh, mm. for, you know, for obvious reasons, the moose will just step on your car. Um, and there were wolves. There was a bunch of uh, a very closed in area with wolves. <clears throat> and it was interesting that out of every animal that was there, right, like moose elk caribou bears foxes Mm -hmm. deer Mm -hmm. wolves simply didn't give a fuck like you could tell there was one thing that wolves care about which is who am i killing next Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. I, I no can, I one can
1: appreciate the focus.
0: Yeah. And I remember you showed me this, like you showed the camera once on a I'm podcast. Looking at it right this, now. Yeah. You're looking at it right yep. now, this wolf who yep. had just killed something and all you all, it's not celebrating. It's not gloating. It's not boasting. It's not posting on social media. It's not too. I will that say shit.
1: it is slightly indulging. It is licking its lips
0: and it's not fucking celebrating a birthday. That's for sure. Right. Uh, it is literally just thinking I'm enjoying this. What's next. And um, it was interesting because the whole way through this zoo, okay, I was following a car that I, I'm like, I really like the car. Toyota just released a uh, um, a new sports car that they only made a thousand, uh, I think five thousand of. It's like a kind of like a souped up hatchback, and one of them. It's like super rare to see them out on the road. You barely see them, and one of them was Gabe in front of me up the whole I time. Want to see it. One of them was in front of me the whole time, so um, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, sorry, man, which this car which would be So cool. Um, <clears throat> I, of course, can't think of the name of it right now. Just
1: type in uh, Toyota Sports Hatchback new. Oh, uh,
3: okay.
0: Anyway, it's really not that suit. It's really not that like special or nice. It's not like it's like an elite car. It's just like a slightly premium normal car anyway i was thinking about this fucking car because i was following it all the way through the zoo and then i realized like these wolves wouldn't give a shit about that like these wolves obviously have no radar on anything yeah exactly that yeah it's the uh corolla Corolla gr sport yeah it it, it sounds lame because it's a corolla but if you look it up and you look and you look at the specs on it the amount of torque and horsepower this thing has is absolutely fucked
3: yeah it's got three Um, tailpipes yeah. So, you yeah, know those good.
1: cars that uh, you would get for Christmas as a kid that would break within like 45 minutes of you like crashing it? You know, like the little RC cars. It looks like one of those.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, it's like, it's like, a, uh, I'm all about like affordable performance cars. You know, obviously, I'm not going to go out and get like a $180,000 fucking Audi RS6, you know? Um, mm. But like something like that, it's like definitely something you could mm. enjoy, you know, like a GTI mm-hmm. where you can go get a street racing ticket like your boy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, It just made it was just kind of like a slight like, oh, yeah, like. Predators and warriors don't think about that shit Mm. like wolf. It's not like the wolf was looking around at like Mm. something else that's nicer that another wolf has, you know. Mm. Mm. Anyway, it made me think of you, John, made me think of your portrait.
1: Mm -hmm. No, That's a very good point. Made me also
0: reflect that uh, me wanting some other guy's car is not, not fucking helpful for anything.
1: Mm. Yeah. I wonder, wonder if that's just a hierarchy thing or a status thing, or there's some sort of biological reason for that too. Like to. Yeah.
0: We have a prefrontal cortex. We have the ability to have higher order thought and compare, you know, like uh compare and contrast and have higher level feelings and.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: I was going to say, we would have also moved the podcast if it wasn't for her birthday. I know, dude. We I just wanted out.
1: to.
2: I, I wanted to, like. No, because I wasn't, like, I also couldn't have made that time work. That's why. Yeah. So I. I uh, you,
1: speaking of which, Amher, uh, how was uh, the Berkshire Hathaway meeting? Was it up to your expectations?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I loved it. Do you want me to the, give you kind of the... You were the, in,
0: you were in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, right?
2: Yeah. Do you want me to tell you about the meeting or just like also Walk a couple us through of quick everything. points of... of well, all...
1: okay, hold on. But don't... Give us... Uh, what were the highlights of the uh, meeting itself?
2: Oh, the the highlights of the meeting? Well, unless,
1: I, I guess if you wanted to talk about the whole experience, but I, I, I'm mostly interested in the meeting itself. And by the way, I've listened to all but the last two hours. I didn't quite have time to finish it this weekend. <sighs> I know, okay, which I think enough. is the, probably the better part. Because the part that I had listened to, like the morning, which tends to be the case, but the morning seemed to be
2: like, no, it was good. I liked it was a six. Well, it was good,
1: but didn't you find that a lot of the questions were like were questions that, like I guess I, maybe because I've just I've listened to so many of them that I was like okay, I already know what his answer is going to be because it's basically going to be a non-answer in the sense that if you ask a question about AI. He's yes. not going to really give you the answer that you like. He's not no, going no. to easy
2: answers. Yeah, he's, yeah, no, yeah. No,
1: but he's not going to prostalize. He's not going to make shit up. He's going to tell you exactly what he knows, which in, in most cases is nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And he's humble enough to admit it. So I, I just thought I, I, in the morning mm-hmm. I, I found that a lot of questions were just really difficult questions. Aunt, you know, there was some there was some comedy in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was really good. I got to watch the movie, which you never watch because it's never allowed. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um they basically got like this famous actress and it was Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger acting in like the skit. It was so good. I was so happy.
0: How so, many people were there?
2: Um the stadium sat 18,000 excluding the floor, so with the floor maybe 20,000 people.
1: Wow. 40,000 people go to the event though. I don't know. No, no, it's
2: 40,000 tickets.
1: oh I see. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I'll I'll share some highlights. Because Austin, I know you want to also learn about Omaha, and then I'll go more into the meeting. So just just quick highlights. Um, when we were at the at the uh, Chicago airport, wanting waiting to board to go to Omaha, yeah. the entire every single person in that like crowd was just wearing blazers, quarter zips, jackets, and some guy had like a Warren Buffett T shirt, and it was just like hilarious. Um, was a, there was a demographic. Did most, you go with your brother? Yeah, it was me and my little brother. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And uh, it was my, it was, it was his birthday gift. Um, this was,
0: is this Zaid or Sanad?
2: Sanad, Sanad. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the most amount of newspapers I've seen on an airplane. Everybody was reading the newspaper, which is <laughs> so random, so funny. That is pretty cool. Um, when we got there, the Uber driver that drove us to the hotel was concealed carrying. So. It was wild. And he, like, revealed that to us after building some rapport with what him. What kind of guy was that? <laughs> um, I didn't I ask. I didn't ask. But right when we got to the hotel, I'm actually saying right across the street from the hotel. So if you left the door and just, just kept walking straight, right across the street, indoor gun range. <laughs> and we, me and my brother go in. Guns everywhere. AK-47s were on there on the wall. You can touch and... Play with all of them. There's guns on the floor. And there's and there was a section purely for Smith and & Wesson. And I took a video of me handling a Smith and & Wesson and all that. And uh, that's where actually most of the customers, funny enough, a little anecdote, were sitting right with the Smith & Wesson case, the M&Ps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, the M&Ps we, are selling really well.
2: Yeah, it's like what the what most uh, – what some police officers use as uh
1: It's a preference for sure, yeah. yeah there's it's also a, a long history of Smith & Wesson providing uh, uh, revolvers up until the 1980 Miami-Dade shooting.
2: Yeah. And uh, 60, 65% of all people I saw were obese. So those are quick parts about Omaha. Very Nice. Yeah, very, very beautiful. We we ate at where Warren Buffett ate. It's a place called Gorat's. We got the Was steak. Was it pretty good? No, it was like a four out of ten. Yeah, I was gonna and say then, I, 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 I don't.
1: I don't think Warren has a good taste. I, I ordered
2: a like a tea, like a twenty-two ounce T-bone, and it's just like just very mid. Uh, of course, yeah, I I, I could see it being
1: <laughs> very below expectations.
2: Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't. They a serve
1: Coke, I would imagine.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. There's like the, the waitress, every table, oh, the entire restaurant. People wearing suits, quarter zips, blazers. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I was me and my bro. I, it, it, there weren't that many people between the ages of like seventeen and thirty. There's, I can there's see there, it. There were, yeah. So there were some. So now we'll get to the, the the meeting. We get to the meeting. It's it opens at seven. We get there at six thirty. There's a lineup of three thousand people. So two to three thousand people, so you just literally walk you you go take a 15 minute walk to get to the end of the line and uh, it was wild. We make it in, I snipe some floor seats like you wouldn't believe, dude, like some crazy seats that was like overlooked in between all the people right in the middle. So you know, I'm just staring dead center at Warren Buffett. It was amazing, and so I just took the risk, got it, sniped it, and there's a barrier. If you're on the floor with, like, the board members and shareholders, I was looking for, like, Jamie Dimon or, like, Bill Gates, but they weren't there. They're probably there. front row. No, but they weren't there. They didn't show up there. But, yeah, it's, like, right there. You can actually see them, like, very closely. It was incredible. Um, probably crazy security. Security everywhere. Yeah, it was It was nuts. There was, like, I think eight Was or it nine? concealed
1: carry inside the arena?
2: No, no. No guns allowed.
1: Yeah, I figured. I figured.
2: And then, yeah, biggest takeaways. I just wrote some notes after reflecting and listening. Some of these things, John, you probably know Austin as well, but the, it was cool to kind of listen back to them. And then I'll kind of wrap up very quickly with the biggest takeaway on why I'm going to go there every single year. So, um, most likely, people will entropy to doing what's in their best interest. So if you yeah, always I, I, I noticed
1: that one too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that was a yeah. that was a great one that I love. Good one. So make sure you align and you know incentives accordingly. Yeah, because well,
1: he was talking about how if you're ever unsure of what someone's going to do, just ask what their incentives are.
2: Yeah. Yeah, super great. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got a hole-in-one in every golf swing, it wouldn't be fun. And that was kind of like a cool little analogy mm-hmm. on just like business in general. Like
3: mm-hmm.
2: people have such high expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh and by the way, that's, that was one of the things. Charlie Munger was like, well, if you want to be happy, lower your expectations. I know Pat Lalonde taught me that mm-hmm. in 2017. <clears throat> um, and then some guy asks a question about Elon Musk, which I found this to be like very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And some guy was like, hey, Elon Musk and all that. And uh, and you'd, I was expecting them to like trash talk Elon, but they actually didn't. There was a lot of respect paid to him. And uh, it, he's, they started out with a joke saying like um, – Elon Musk is overconfident with his abilities, uh, but still manages to do the impossible. So it's like he is very overconfident, but that's kind of you kind of need somebody like that to do what he's done. Uh, but then they said something which is like, well, we don't want to be Elon Musk. We're we we're at compared to him. And just in general, I don't think that they didn't even say compared to him. They, they actually described themselves, Charlie and, and Warren Buffett, as lazy. And that they just want to run easy businesses. And they don't want to have that life. And here I am sitting in the, in the audience. And that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Here's these guys, some of the, the richest people in the world. They're overseeing 350,000 employees, constantly on blast by the media. It's not an easy job at all. And they're calling what they're doing easy versus what Elon Musk is doing, which is very hard. And and here I was like you know like a week before that shareholder meeting I was like oh this is kind of tough like I need to like work on this stuff and it's like wow yeah. I need I'm being a little bitch right now it's like wow there's levels to this wow do I have it easy I got what five employees imagine something? if it was just
0: as simple as knowing what level you're on out of what's possible you know or what's been achieved like I th- I feel like thinking at that scale you could conclude that you're on level like seven of like of like 1200 or
2: something it was ridiculous it was actually just ridiculous he even made like some side comment like about some company that he was looking at it's like yeah i know that company i've been looking at it you know for 60 years Um, looks good we're still i swear to god he said it like it was nothing i've been checking out this
0: company for 60 years hasn't pulled the trigger
1: and it's like, what? You know, it's you- interesting, though, because, <clears> you know, like, it's funny. Uh, not, not that this is all even remotely on the same scale of 60 years. But, you know, it's funny. Every, uh, every quarter I read Snap-on and I fucking love the company. And, you know, I've been, you know, Amory, you know, remember when we did that one podcast where you showed me the things and, you know, Snap-on was one of the ones I just instantly got. And it's funny, like I, I haven't bought it and it's one of my favorite companies and I just, you know, one day I'm <laughs> and it, it, it just gets to some price point in case we would do it. But I can see
2: that being a company like 50 years from now that I'm like, hey
1: guys, I bought Snap-on finally. Like, what? Like you know? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know what they were talking about, mm-hmm. but one of their advices was just try to avoid making promises in general. And he mm-hmm. said that's kind of one of the advantages of not being a part of Wall Street where you have to promise this revenue and this thing. It removes all of that pressure mm. to just go at the pace that they like to go, and yeah, they yeah. they really highlighted profit first over growth as like a a thing to just like relax, slow down, focus on your on your foundations, which I really liked.
1: Well, I liked when uh, early on when Gray Gable was talking about that too, about how because people were kind of criticizing uh, the railroad a little bit, yes, uh, BNSF. And he was talking about how they were reworking the railroad, but that they were not at all concerned about what next quarter or even the next five years of earnings are. They're looking at what's the earnings going to be over 100 years, right? Yes. But if you think about it, though, it's so interesting that BNSF is able to operate that way, because if it was a publicly traded business that was outside of Berkshire, it would be run completely differently, right? Um, Potentially run like some of the railroads that are not as successful, right? And so, um, yeah, it's interesting.
2: Yeah. Just so you know, Austin Greg Abel was the successor that Warren Buffett chose. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's very cool. And then, but to run all operations except for insurance, and then the guy who would run insurance, um, his name is Aj- Ajit Jain, and uh, the the four of them were on the panel. Oh, cool! And then here was an interesting one, which was, and and this was a point that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger agreed was a difficult thing. They said. You know, first, you have to learn how people manipulate each other. And the hard part is that you don't do it yourself. So I was like, whoa. Because John <sighs> yeah, was, me and, I, me and John were talking about the 48 laws of power, but using it as a self-defense mechanism, not as an offensive one. Yeah, that was point.
1: actually, it's, that hits hard recently, just because, you know, Austin Amber and I were talking about the 48 laws of power. And, and we were commenting, or I was commenting on the fact that I was like, man, like when I read that book, I read it from a defensive standpoint of like, okay, like it's nice to know that these are what other people do. But I never once re- had really considered it as like an offensive thing, right? Because it's just a different, uh, it's a different, I feel like you put yourself in a different class of individuals when that's the way that you do business, right? And I feel like there's also like, look at, you know, Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, how many times has he talked on the, on, uh, you know, the shareholder meetings about uh, how when he makes an offer, people know that that's, that's as good as he can go, it's, right? Yeah, or exactly. that people come to him all the time with, you know, with deal flow, his deal flow is probably fan- fantastic in the sense that, uh, or as good as it can be, because people know that he's an honest buyer, right? Yeah. And I feel like there's, like, that's something that you have to earn over 50, 60 years, right? Whereas the 40 laws of power, if you're known as, you know, it's kind of like what they talk about, like, you know, when, when Charlie jokes about how you don't want to be like the movie producer, wherever, <laughs> funeral, just to make sure that you are, in fact, dead, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. or when he jokes about the one guy where he says that uh you don't want to be the guy where... You know, he was telling the story of some guy who died and the pastor says, OK, does anyone want to come up and say anything about him? And, you know, no one everyone with crickets. No one comes up. And then finally, the one guy said, OK, I got something to say. So he stands up and he says his brother was more of an asshole. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah well, his brother was worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> some guy was asking um, questions about like how he manages his emotions when making yeah, business decisions and Warren Buffett was so stern that him and Charlie Munger never made an emotional decision in their business. In business, yeah. Uh, in business, in their personal, yeah, you be you know. I think that's important, but in business, they never made an emotional decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, um, they they relied on each other for that.
2: I don't know, but like. I think they relied on themselves to not make they emotions. just they
1: just i think that they were just getting across that they didn't feel like there was any room for that no
2: room at do. all yeah yeah like it was yeah. a non
1: negotiable that you can't make emotional decisions in business yeah you have to just look at the numbers or
2: totally yeah and then execute um was the one at Warren Buffett was telling a story about uh john Murphy um somebody Tom Murphy who, huh Tom Murphy sorry uh and uh one of the pieces of advice that he got was that you can always tell someone to go to hell tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Like
2: emotional management, like being angry. Oh man. You can always tell somebody to go to hell tomorrow. That's like
0: the, that was uh, like a very good summarized point of the, like uh, if you're angry, write a letter to the person. And then if you're still angry when you're done, send it. Right. Well,
1: so that's, that's what Abraham Lincoln did. So Abraham Lincoln would write a letter and then not send it. Mm -hmm. That was, that was what he did. Yeah.
0: Wow, what a! What, it's so beautifully put. You can still someone tell someone to go to hell tomorrow if you really mean it. Yeah, totally. Cash Damn. is not trash.
2: Cash is not trash. Cash is speed. I'm kind of summarizing some of the words, but mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of something I took away. Um, speed. And then I learned why. Here's the thing, Austin. Imagine this: a lot of Warren Buffett's portfolio are people who used to own a business who then sell the business to Warren Buffett, but then. Keep running the business. And I'm like, how does he find these people? It's like so crazy. It (laughs) makes perfect sense. But then it made sense to me after he said one – there's like a bunch of advantages of doing so. But the biggest advantage that I completely didn't know is how annoying it can be to run a publicly traded business. Um, Like analysts, meetings, audits – if, when you sell to Warren Buffett, you still run the business and do the things that you love without all that admin. So that's one of the advantages that I never considered. There's many others, but yeah, John.
0: Maybe well, it's also, also a predictable way to earn money. Like the, the amount of effort per dollar for that
1: person is maybe lower, right? But the other thing, though, is that um you, you're capitalizing someone's earnings. Like 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 if you went to someone who had a job and you said, hey, I'm going to like pay you seven times or ten times your earnings right now. <laughs> yeah. Most people do that, right? Uh, of course, you don't have equity in a, in a job, but you do have equity yeah. in a business, right? So for a lot of people, if you could you know, capitalize their earnings and then they can continue earning, they're, they're okay with that. The other thing though is that I think what a lot of them like about it is the um, speed in which Warren Buffett will make decisions for capital. So if they have an attractive rate of return to grow their business, they don't need to be like, Meeting with banks and things like that. Like
2: Warren has so much money, he can just give them. Yeah, the I
1: think I think when you get a business that 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 large, I mean, you even see it, you know, in in in, in your business probably now, Austin, and certainly in my business, where it's that, like the things that I actually truly love doing in my business, I don't get to do as much anymore because there's other shit that I have to do. You know, like it's it's just the nature of it, right? Yes. And so I think a lot of these guys would rather just sell their business and go back into sales or go back, you know, and just like find that rule that they love. They don't want to have to necessarily be the main guy that has to fucking run everything.
2: And extract that equity out, whether it's for family or whatever. Well, if you think about it too, a lot of these
1: guys are probably sitting on a huge ton of equity that doesn't do them any good, you know, like they would rather get the equity out of their business, you know? Um, it's almost like a refi of your business. Like you sell it to Warren, you get paid a you know ha- handsome salary to continue running it, and then you get to go spend that money on whatever you want to go spend sure. on, right?
2: Yeah. Sure. This one's an easy one, but it's very, very good to th- remember. Some businesses are just better to run than others, and better to own than others. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just so simple, but it's it's so true. It's like yeah, it's fair enough. So yeah. True.
0: It's not like uh, all things aren't equal in the world of business in terms of ease yeah. of oh, man. management. It's so and- true. And then well, there
2: was think, this. Yeah, so true. yeah. And then there's this analogy that he used, uh, where some guy, some lawyer was asking for advice from Charlie Munger. And then he uh Warren Buffett kind of jumped in after Charlie Munger gave like a sentence long answer. And <laughs> and he was like, Well, um I w- this one time Charlie was telling me how uh Charlie was, uh was telling me about a time where Charlie Munger realized he just didn't want to be selling his time. And even if he kept increasing it, he didn't really want it to work and defend people that he didn't feel he wanted to defend because like, he didn't fully agree with them. And, and basically, uh, they they remember talking to, you know, they hired a corporate lawyer for their own business. And basically, they asked them about the hardship and, and whatever. they were just asking about that job, just making small talk. And the guy said, you know, working in corporate law is like being in a pie eating contest where the prize is you get to eat more pie. And <laughs> I thought that was like such an yeah. amazing metaphor wow. that I'm going to take and you, I'm going to put it in one of my ads because it's just, it's so laps. true.
0: Yo, yo, Emmer, say that again.
2: <clears throat> it's so, you know, uh, basically it's like insert anything in here around like where you work a lot and then because then after you you the prize is more work it's like being in a pie eating contest where the prize is that you get to eat more pie uh so
1: it sounds good at first but then when you are eating pie you're like i'm fucking sick of pie now
2: right yeah Yeah. so that that analogy was around like well Charlie Munger wanted a more work-life balance and he just wanted more control over that. Like it wasn't the goal for him. So I thought that was pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, here's Here's another one. Picking the right spouse is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life.
0: Amen. I think you've said that before or that they've you've said that yeah. they've
1: said that before.
0: For
2: sure, for sure. Yeah, and some of these you've heard before like I said, but I think Yeah, Austin, very the reason
1: why there's also a lot of repeat is because people ask the same fucking questions, but it's because they <laughs> well no, but in their defense though. If you didn't
2: watch all of his, like, like people, it's Dude, funny. for my question, I listened to every single question you since 1994. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. There were 11 mics, and at each mic, you draw, you write your name, you throw your ticket in a box of 50 other names, and you they draw the name. And if your name is drawn, you get to ask a question. So, so there's, about. like,
0: no chance.
2: Yeah. Luck was not on my side. Mm. But, yeah, but so because
1: human humans don't change much over time, the questions in 1980 are fairly similar to the questions in 2010. Basically, the gist of it is people are concerned about the operations of the business in some way because of short-term uh, failures that they're not into Of short-term. him dying. Correct. They're always concerned about them dying. Uh, <laughs> there's always some sort of existential crisis of, like, something happening. Inflation's high or... There's tech a crisis bubble. of some sort. There's a tech bubble. There's a banking Bank. crisis. And there's, <laughs> there's always some sort of crisis they're concerned about. And Warren was always like, wow, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and, and, they're always macro economics. About, yeah, they're always asking about macro things that he's just like, I don't know the answer. There's always at least one person that basically asks, should I invest in this company? He always says, we're not going to give that away uh, for free. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> although they've gotten, be- they've always gotten, they've gotten better though at reducing the questions. Cause now they have uh, Becky quick, uh, Ask the questions, and so she kind of filters a lot of them. So she works. Like she works at
2: CNBC, or, uh, and she yeah. just sits there in the yeah. front, and she curates questions from the audience Correct. Or, Correct. or people that she are filters not present. Them. She gets no. like a thousand questions, ten thousand. Oh, questions. Way more and, and she picks, and she picks like top thirty, basically.
1: Uh, and, and, and you know, and there's always a que- there's always some sort of question about some sort of recent technology that's going to take over the world that just. Warren's like look it it's probably not gonna be good for business and I
2: don't know what you wanted to tell you because I don't know anything about it you know <laughs> yeah yeah it, but it, but but the cool thing John is like yeah it just makes me realize that you know wisdom isn't that complicated and, and I no think that's no, no so just it's, it's, it's,
1: it's really understanding what you do and you don't know and being honest about yourself with what you do and don't know and then just sticking to the things you do know and have control on. Basically, right? Yeah, just being
2: disciplined and yeah. having, yeah, for, yeah, and, and, that's, and you know, yeah. What well, you Go ahead. No, just being being humble. To, they talked about humble, this as well. Yeah. Knowing your circle, circle of competence, and sticking within it.
1: And so. but disciplined though, disciplined. The one thing that I I love so much about Warren Buffett and and uh, Charlie Munger is how disciplined they are about actually living very intentionally like they don't slip up in their words like they don't accidentally like speak ill of someone you know they don't they don't accidentally gossip right they don't accidentally speculate on what's gonna happen that things that they don't know like they don't like they're rock fucking solid on being disciplined in what they actually know and don't know and what they think they can control what they can't control has anyone ever asked them about that intentionality yeah and yeah of course yeah Yeah. well that, that was the question that was asked about like hey how do you control your your emotionality and he's just like like well but the thing is is they're so hyper rational that when they like when they give an answer it's like like he's like well what 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 good would it do yeah and you're like you know fair enough you know (laughs) it's it's kind of like hey ever shot yourself in the foot no why you know (laughs) well one of my one of my fucking favorite (laughs) questions was this one person was what was the, uh, Ash Charlie Munger, it was, uh, oh yeah, they're like, hey Charlie, like, you know, like, he kind of like, it was like, it was kind of like cheeky fucking question, he was like, hey, like, you had made some comments during COVID, about oh yeah you know, yes, recommending, yes. he's like, he's like, you recommended people get, and he kind of used like this language. I, 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 got this. Very, I got this, I got this, I got this,
2: I got this, it's yeah, like, right, my, name, my name is uh, John Beat Bullshit, I'm uh, I'm a podcaster from Nashville, Tennessee.
1: No, and- it was not Nashville, fuck you, it was not Nashville.
2: Whatever. Yeah, I'm, don't, I'm,
1: don't, I'm, it was not Nashville, Tennessee. I'm don't from Arlene. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, yeah, I'm fuck uh, you. Okay. It I'm Nashville. from Arlene, Tennessee. I think it was
2: North Carolina. I think it was North Carolina. Yeah, Na- North I mean. Carolina. And uh, and uh, you you stayed. In I think the- it was
1: Raleigh, North Carolina.
2: Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, yeah, yeah. You in 2020, you used words as crazy, absurd and stupid when commenting around people that were hesitant on taking the, uh, COVID MRNA vaccine. No, but uh, he had like used language that made it like, he's like,
1: he's like DNA modified Bill Gates chip, you know, like he, like he yeah, made yeah, it seem yeah, like yeah. it was this terrible thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: ha- has your stance changed, uh, now, uh, since 2020. And then, Charlie no, 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 Munger, no, no,
1: that's not, no, that's not what he said. He said, he says, would you still stand by those comments today?
2: Yeah. 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 And then Charlie Munger just goes, Yes no that's not no no, no you no, you missed it up what he oh, said come on well, that's not bro. it though no just, it's just, just not it you just though he
1: did no him it's him. not it no no he was like he's like would you still stand by those comments today he's like
2: yeah sure no he didn't that was say it. sure he dude, didn't yes say he sure. fucking did yes he fucking did no yes dude pull it up gay pull it up <laughs> There's no pull
1: sure there was no sure he's like yeah sure and that was it fucking i just watched it last night dude i'm absolutely positive yeah fair enough on, on YouTube?
2: youtube no no fair enough you watched it yesterday i, I, I watched. I watched absolute it on Saturday. fucking
1: absolutely positive yeah
2: yeah and then they just went next question
1: but- and well, everyone just laughed and warren was like okay well i guess we have one more question before lunch you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then becky
2: was like scrambling for a question she's like uh-huh. yeah yeah
1: it was just like yeah sure so is this but like he didn't but he didn't even fucking skip a beat though he wasn't like oh hey that's a shitty question or he didn't even he didn't even give that guy an inch he's like yeah sure
2: yeah yeah
1: you know yeah it's just it was just but that's what i mean by the discipline though to be like like because charlie like knew exactly what this motherfucker was doing he was trying to bait him into you know he's like yeah sure yeah because what are you gonna do like how are you gonna fucking misquote that or whatever right like it's just like yeah sure like there's like you know it's just like the perfect (laughs) fucking response yeah, it's such a good. It was it was so good. I'm I'm excited to finish the rest of it.
2: Here's another takeaway. That's just if I just take this, I think a lot of what I stress about will just instantly disappear. Did Warren Buffett ran a failing textile business for 25 years before going into his partnership? Forward. Okay,
1: but that's a bit that's a bit okay. disingenuous to say that though, because
2: okay, clarify. That's why I'm bringing this up here.
1: Well, okay, from. What would it be? It was like 1960, something until like 1980, I want to say. But they bought like they bought uh, blue chip stamps. They bought Rockford, Illinois bank. They bought National Indemnity, a fire insurance company. Um, they bought- While he's
2: running the textile business. Correct. Yeah. Oh, and he know. wasn't
1: running the textile business. Uh, Malcolm Chase was. Nobody
2: fired him, didn't
1: he? No, that, you no, that was the first guy, Malcolm, the first Mal- guy. The, 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 there's, there's two guys with the last name Chase that were unrelated. And one was, t- yeah, 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 there's Malcolm E. Chase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when, when, when he wasn't running the businesses, basically he was just suctioning out the, uh, he was basically reducing working capital and working uh, in, in, in uh, property equipment and plant. He's he reducing, reducing the assets, pulling out the equity and then buying other businesses with them.
2: But how, how many years did he actually manage that business? Cause he did talk about running that thing.
1: I mean, like he managed it in the same way that like he managed capital allocation decisions, but day-to-day operations, he did not, op- he did not know.
2: I was going to ask, are you sure? But yeah, you probably are. No, right I, I, know. Oh, like I know. Right next to me. I know. That's why I didn't ask. That's why I didn't it's right, ask. It's right, I didn't. it's right next to me. Yeah. Um, And then Warren Buffett mentioned as well, before he met Ajit Jain, that he was trying to basically start a reinsurance business for 17 years. And it's just that my time horizon, dude. I need to relax is basically what I'm saying. I just need to slow down. I need to chill out, dude. I'm like trying to sprint here. Fucking relax, dude. Like I'm paying my bills. If I stay where I'm at for the next 10 years, I'm still ahead of the curve.
1: I was showing this, well, that's the math that I was showing to you and Brady, you know, like I think yeah. I showed this on the, log pa- on the last podcast, but I showed it to Brady and Brady was like, fuck, I didn't realize that. But it got Brady excited because he's like, man, I guess I didn't realize that. But when I showed Brady the math of, hey, if we invest a quarter or $500,000 a year between the two of us, $14 billion in 60 years, he's like, yeah. what? Like, what? Like, that's, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's it, right? Um, with a fairly attractive return that's compounded, but um, but not an unrealistic return. Uh, but was it 12 12%. What, what, uh, 15% but that's but no hold on yeah but that's not but these are not publicly traded businesses like we have a head start in sure. the sense that like it's not unrealistic like like the return on equity in my painting business is like like hundreds of percent right like so I mean that will sure. reduce over time but then you reinvest in other businesses it's not it's not yeah it's not crazy um especially in like micro and stuff like that but uh uh where was I um oh yeah Ninety nine percent of Warren Buffett's wealth came <laughs> after age sixty five. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. think about that for a second. That's fucking unbelievable. Ninety nine percent.
2: The hockey stick, man. After age sixty five. Yeah, man. Like is I, it's I just need to chill. We all need to relax. You know? Do you think? Do you think I need to relax? <laughs> no, I think we all do. It's like yeah, everybody need, slow I I down. You know, everybody, you. where are we running to? Like, this I, is I feel like I have great sex. I'm very relaxed. Okay, I had there, this written down. I wanted to. T- I wanted to talk about your potty mouth, and I wanted to bring it up because <laughs> I feel you shoot yourself in the foot every time you throw this language out. Yeah, if I'm I, listening I to this, and I want to work with you, and I'm a female. And I'm hearing about the amazing opportunity and what you're building with Brady. And then you do this exceptional job of painting a vision. And then you say, but I see his dick every morning or something crazy like that. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not, what the hell is this guy you're talking You're probably about? not wrong. Cool. So I just want to bring that up and just let you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's definitely it's definitely a point i mean there's definitely you're gonna definitely attract a different crowd if or a crowd if you're willing to swear versus if you're not going to
2: for sure no but you don't swear though i'm not actually talking about you swearing i want to make it clear it's like the sexual talk specifically i don't mind the swearing swearing is fine yeah at the same time though i mean
1: jocelyn and i will have an entire card ride where all we talk about is sex so i disagree like i mean no, there's no, different no. De-
2: yeah i'm I'm sure you can find people. I'm just yeah. saying you're unnecessarily thinning the potential crowd.
1: For sure. But yeah. I think there's also certain people that wouldn't work. Like, I I, 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 I hear what you're saying, yeah. and I'm open to being wrong on this. But I think that you're you're disregarding the other side of it as well. That there's also individuals that would prefer to work with someone who is just very, like, the way that I am. In, in Emma's <laughs>
0: words, has a potty mouth.
1: Which yeah I, exactly which, I, which right. I really like like I, I get that like like i'm like you know and it's funny because i've tried being that and i just i i didn't feel like i was being genuine i didn't i didn't feel like i was being true to myself when i tried you know because i you know obviously i read a lot about warren buff and i was like okay i'm gonna try and be this way you know it just it wasn't me man it just wasn't like i'd rather fucking just talk like this you know no the
2: and, swear no, i'm not i really wasn't commenting on the swear i want to make it clear when i said potty yeah. mouth that could have been misrepresented i'm actually talking about <laughs> yeah. the sexual talk <laughs> but yeah. it seems like you're tired, you know what
1: though, though. I, I also think that's demeaning though I, I don't i don't see why that why i don't see i, I actually don't like that though amber and, and i don't and i'm not, I'm not saying like, i'm not trying to attack you personally this no is yeah just but i don't like that though because like what so like because they're females i can't talk about sex like that's fucking stupid like that really is it really it, it, that's like what like what so like women's ears can't can't what can't hear a man talk about sex like if a woman talks about sex i fucking love that that'd be awesome like, so, like, think about how strange oh, that is that, like, we have yeah. to filter ourselves to not talk about sex about women because it's potty mouth. Like, it's that's so, just ridiculous.
2: You, you have a good point because I did say, like, a woman listening, but I, but that was like yeah. just an example. There's also guys listening that maybe a bit more religious that wouldn't like that mm-hmm. as well. I just use that because that was the lowest hanging fruit. You know what? If, if
1: there's yeah. individuals out there that are religious or don't like the way that I talk about sex, then I would say that, um, you would potentially want to consider not working with me because, and I'm serious in the sense that I, that's how I am. That's how I'm going to talk. And if you're able to see past it and, and you want to take advantage of great opportunities, then, you know, obviously I, I would been, you know, the same way that I'm very, like, I obviously I'm very respectful and I'm very considerate when I'm around uh, customers and I'm around employees and I'm able to be a chameleon in the sense that, like, I don't talk about sex this way when I'm in the real world. Like, right now, I'm in a very, what I would call a safe mm, space with two of my okay. best friends. And if someone's listening to this podcast and they want to be offended, then, you know, then you know, it is what it is, right? But in the, you know, in the real world, quote unquote, when I'm talking to customers and things like that, I'm very polite. I'm very professional. And I'm not, obviously, ma- I'm not just walking around. I can see why someone would get the impression that I just make sexual jokes all the time. I, I would say people that know me. Like I imagine at my wedding, if you if you brought up the fact that I make a lot of sexual jokes, I would say ninety percent of the room would be like, "What? That's not John." Mm. So I I disagree with that. I really do. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And Perfect. I also and I also don't like the. I and I, I I'm gonna linger on that woman thing for a second, in which I know that you didn't necessarily mean it that way, but I do want to comment yeah, on that. For sure. Um, I think it's demeaning towards women. To and I, and I know that you didn't mean it this way. No, I'm with it, you. But I legitimately do I find it demeaning that, looks like that a lot of, yeah. No, but a lot of people <laughs> would try and put a filter around women and things like that, and. You know, obviously, there's a certain way that you want to, you know, like there's bro talk and there's there's boy talk and things like that. And I get that. Um, and, but I don't believe that's what I'm doing um, for sure.
2: Yeah. Cool. Um, there could be an argument around uh, this changes the nature of how you may show up on this call, which is not what I want because I like the way you show up. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel a responsibility to say, well, you know, Brady will one day, one day be a shareholder. And as the chairman of the company, there is mm-hmm. some sort of responsibility that now you have to bear to like mm-hmm. conduct yourself in a certain manner that may maximize the flourishment of your company. And mm-hmm. perhaps your language should change to accommodate that, would be an argument. I'm not saying it's the argument, but I can see how some shareholders that you might have. Would be so would be concerned of something like that
1: I could for sure see that definitely um for sure H- are you familiar with uh, um, uh, uh Hearst at all the Hearst corporation uh I forget his first name for some reason um,
2: sounds familiar is it like a clothing brand or something?
1: No, he was one of the most successful media moguls of all
2: time. Media, uh, he mobiles. was very,
1: yeah, he was very open about his sexual uh, endeavors mm. and things like that. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, I just think that there's a whole other side of it that uh, totally. You know, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not here to sway. I'm here to share. So whatever you pick up, then there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And then, uh, yes, yes. So why am I going to come back here every year? I just felt like absolute nothing, like a fly on the wall in that goddamn arena. It was ridiculous. Like
0: humbling but educating, I guess? I've been looking looking for that room,
2: dude. I don't know what it is. I met a guy that ran a $2.2 billion construction company, 200 full-time employees. I met a hedge fund manager. I met the wife of like the CEO. Probably 26,000. Hmm? No, he had subcontractors. Oh, okay. he had thousands sense. of okay, subcontractors.
1: Okay. I was gonna say most businesses aren't running a fucking. No, of I Dollars per employee <laughs> per revenue. Um,
2: I met a I had to my, the wife of the CEO of the Ontario Pension Fund. I, I met some guy that had, you know, he went up on the on the mic, during proposals, and you know, he, he was a guy that was just shopping, buying fucking fruit of the loom. And when he went on the mic to ask for one of the proposals, it turns out he had 650 A shares. And A share is half a million dollars. Um, I'm surrounded by these guys from like Wall Street and stuff. I just felt like somebody would ask me, what do you do? I'm like, does it matter? You know, that was like kind of like, I don't know. we were so small. And these guys are in their 60s and 70s. I met a guy that's – this is 14th. Like he's been coming to those in-person meetings for nine – since 94. Um, It it just – from yeah, every angle, every angle, these guys were just more senior or just, I don't know. It, there is that comparing, but I think that's also very healthy because I'm, I'm just trying to play the game of business. And here's these people that have been playing similar game for a long time. And the cool thing about that room is their shared value. So these people also want to play the game of business in a bit more fair, moral, and ethical way that's more logical. And here they are. And, and, and they're sitting next to me and it's this guy from New Zealand and, and he's, you know, flew 20 hours to get here. And it, it just was amazing. And, and I came back just realizing, like, here I am stressing about my Facebook ads and, like, whether or not uh, I can hire this next mm. employee. Mm. And it's like, whoa, like, mm. hold on a second. Yeah, this customer wants a refund. Like, it's like, yeah. what the hell? It's like. No, I I, I just kind of came back and it, it seemed, yeah, there was there was a moment where we had a customer join the program and the, they sent an e-transfer, but like I put the password in wrong. And before that meeting, I would have been like, oh, we got to collect this $1,300. Like we need to collect it. Like we need that cash. And now I'm like, yeah, I need to have systems in place to make sure that we collect this so we protect our bottom line. So I'm looking at it not like a... I'm not playing to protect I'm playing to grow and uh, it was just a different attitude shift that just got me like mm-hmm. oh it's it's this is the game and I'm when I'm in this room it's just like wow like this is there's just something cool here and um mm-hmm.
0: wow i'm I'm
2: so. It was incredible, man. It. I want to be back in that room so bad. And, and and there's a lot of people I didn't talk to and I tried to socialize with and some people that, that I did talk to, I didn't even ask them what they did, but we were in that room and we admired a person who had great work-life balance, who was loved, who didn't cheat, didn't steal, didn't lie, you know, didn't do any of those things and was able to get great success and and here they are, and they're just at a greater level than I am. And you know, I'm I'm in the room, and you know, I had one guy say to me, he when I asked him what he did, he said he was a peddler, but and they were from New York, and he just looked like he ran like a twenty five million dollar company. His son was there too, and it was just like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, I think you'll be very successful. So it was like it was a very small interaction, but it's like, yeah, like this is the room. I just need to forced myself did you, to be
0: did you ask any of those yeah, people man. that you talked to for a little bit for any sort of like insight or guidance on what you're doing or anything like that did it ever get to that in a conversation
2: um it didn't get that far and even if it did i didn't i didn't feel the need to do that i just i just wanted to interact with them yeah it fair was, enough. It, I was just it I was like eating a a muffin, and I was just like, and then you know, a guy and his son like you know put down their you know their Caesar salad, put in the dressing, just making small chat, and you know his son is in a startup, and the startup just raised two hundred million, and it's like, I don't know, it, it was just, uh, yeah, and and that hedge fund manager I met, you know, was talking about uh, this place that they ski, and they take a helicopter there, but like you know the plebes. Literally said that word. The plebes can take the bus or the train. Wow! When That's we landed hilarious. to Omaha, there was like twenty-six private jets on the runway, and it was just like it was really cool. Different levels. Yeah. It was just amazing. And I kind of came back and I shared with the team. I'm like, boys, like we need to develop these values, these principles, protect these mm-hmm. things. We need. And then I just kind of quoted you. Funny enough, John, where I was like. We need to start looking at this on how we can protect our bottom line and how we can make ourselves useless within the current roles, so that we're not just mm-hmm. like going through the motions. Like, let's really think about where we're going. Focus on implementing. When did I say that you said that last pod, last podcast. Excuse me, when we talked about the elliptical and how you were saying to Brady or somebody in your team that you want to work to make yourself useless, um, so that I thought you, you
1: said know. that. I'll be honest.
2: Well. It was you. but well, uh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, it, it, was just, it, it, it was just really cool. And, and I'm just kind of seeing what I'm doing here more from a bigger picture. Like, okay, let, let me get smarter at, you know, running these service businesses. Let me generate some cash, generate some five stars, make sure people are happy so that i can make the money not so i can retire but that idea by the way has just completely disappeared out of my i know mind. Yeah, it's just craziness like yeah, literally three, three years ago we were talking about all like how we can retire or whatever and now i'm like i'm not even interested right now i want to make a million dollars a year so yeah, i can take nine hundred thousand of it and go like buy some businesses with like my friends and build a portfolio and and just play at a bigger game and that's probably the biggest takeaway of, of being at, you know at that meeting in that in that room. Uh, it's pretty cool. I'm
0: so glad you went, man.
2: Yeah. I, it was awesome.
0: I just got a lot of value from hearing you talk hearing you talk about what you what you learned, what you wrote down, what your thoughts were.
2: Yeah. And by the way, they're right there, dude. The guy yeah, yeah. I've been listening to is right there. He's yeah. sitting right there and he's like hunched over and he's like Reading a piece of paper and just Uh, a good uh, chair, you know. Just kind of looks at. Yeah, Yeah, no worries, man. And it's like, yeah, you you look over the the fence and you see all the board of directors, and it's like, oh, like literally five of these guys are billionaires, like, uh, uh, yeah, like Howard Howard Buffett right there, you know, just Susie Buffett right there. And and Austin, to you, these are just names, but, like, to me, listening to all these hours, these are, like, characters on a reality TV show, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, you hear yeah, Susie Buffett, cool. you know? Quite cool. Charlotte Diamond, right there. Uh, hmm. And they're just human, and they're wearing, you know, and they wipe their nose, and they drink their food, and they talk the same language I do, and... <laughs> Well, they all it, have it the that... same twenty-four hours. So, now yeah. yeah, do you know
1: you said how there wasn't a lot of seventeen to twenty, like thirty-year-olds in the room?
2: There were some, and I, you know, if I, I was being a little bit judgmental, but but they seemed to fit the profile of like kind of a, a cocky Wall Street guy who's like, I don't know, their, their their ties and suits were too polished, and their head was too high, and it just. I know didn't, what you mean, I'm they sorry. wanted to
1: try and play in the big league, right? Yeah.
2: Whereas, like, I just. Yeah, I just wanted sure. to listen, listen more, sure. but anyways.
1: Uh, but one, one interesting thing, though, is that, um, it, you know, it's. I think it's exceptionally dangerous to compare yourself to individuals when compound interest is at play. Because mm. you could actually be further ahead on a relative scale, right? Um, but, this all, but, but it also begs the question of, like, what's ahead and what's behind, right? Because it's such an arbitrary thing. Like, I wonder how many times Warren Buffett really had considered whether he was ahead or behind. And I feel like you can also make really dangerous decisions that are not because the moment you start thinking about ahead and behind you start thinking about next quarter you start thinking about next year you start thinking the moment but but when you just say look at i'm just playing my fucking game i'm playing in my lane
2: you know what are you know high or low or whatever right it's just about yeah. you know the the mo, the, the very very great i i put a lot of emphasis on the on the uh, leading indicators of my life and business than the lagging and, and basically, I was just looking at what are these people doing or inputting on a day-to-day that maybe I'm not. And it seems like, no, they just have good conversations, make good hires, maintain a good culture, have good values, and have great, you know, good patience and good management of their pride. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm doing that. I just, well, no, I, I just got to do it look longer.
1: At, look at Charlie Munger. I mean, look at Charlie Munger got, you know, like by the time he was 30, he, he didn't actually get really get rich until he was about 35. Um, just because he had, had gone through a, a divorce. But he had, uh, you know, he just basically worked as a lawyer
2: and just... Stock spent, cash.
1: Yeah, spent less than he made and did a few, about two to three very successful real estate deals. And he was rich.
2: Yeah. Damn.
1: So, anyways. I mean, he's also a super genius in his computer. His, <laughs> his head is like a computer, right? It's just, yeah. Yeah, we have different uh, skill sets for sure. But... But I, I, yeah, I've always appreciated Warren Buffett in the sense that it's just, I've always liked how I, I never, one of the things that I don't feel pressure about is having to do extraordinary things. I always have, I've always felt that, hey, you know what, if I just do the basic things and I just do them every single day, I know that the rest will kind of come, mm-hmm. we'll just do its thing, right? Yeah. It's kind of peaceful. It's a peaceful place to be in that I don't feel like I, you know, I've never really felt any pressure to, you know, like, all, I mean, well, I have, but um, like over the years, even like the painting business, how you know, many times people have tried to tell me how I'm sexy to painting business is, oh, yeah. should go into other things or, Oh, you're still running that painting business, you know, or just like things like that. Right. And, uh, yeah, no, for sure. And you're just going to keep doing the thing. Right. How long is the conference hammer?
2: It, it started nine fifteen, lunch at 12 back at one to three thirty, recess for 30 minutes. No, for an hour, Back at four thirty for the shareholder meeting where they just actually vote for directors and answer mm-hmm. some some proposals, and then wrapped up at five thirty um, so it was one day correct
0: and so you and your brother flew out there the day before and flew friday out the day after? friday
2: morning we we got we got there one p m two p m no sorry like four p m
0: mm-hmm.
2: went to our uh, hotel um Went to the gun range, handled some guns, went to a nearby bar, ordered a pizza. We were watching, like, college lacrosse and horseback riding. The bar was just, like, so American. Um, There's a guy, like... Yeah, it's just, like, everybody's wearing really American apparel. Like, there was a guy wearing, like, a, a shirt with just the American f- flag. And it said... Uh,
1: from my country.
2: No, it was like um go go Brandon exclamation mark, you know, talking about that's the you know the city. Mm-hmm. Um and what do you uh, know what the day is yeah. for it next year? Uh May 4th or May 3rd.
0: May 4th uh, is the Saturday.
2: Yes, exactly. May 4th. Okay. May 4th. So Yeah, I'm probably going to book my flight maybe next week and and like hotels and stuff. Maybe not the flight, but hotel. Because like there's a hotel right across the street from the stadium. And we we had to Uber, but get this. So during recess, I go up to the front row. It's just first come, first serve. And I see this guy. I'm like, hey, just out of curiosity, how long were you standing in line for? And he was like, oh, yeah, me and my friends were, were in line at 1 a.m. No. And I'm like, but but you're literally like four rows behind the front. He was like in the front section of the front row. But like there were still four rows ahead of him. I'm like what happened? He was like, oh, like when the doors opened, we didn't run fast enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they were number one. We they were
2: number one. But they got outran at the end. So, um, but so I was like, okay, but when did people really start lining up? And he was like, 5 30. Mm. Um, but yeah, somehow managed to get floor seats, but um, it was really cool. Like right behind this, this the, the CNBC can of cameras. And yep. yeah.
0: Um, Omaha, Nebraska. See,
2: little anecdotes. John? Oh, yeah, the peanut brittle.
1: Sugar-free, though.
2: Yeah, got the sugar-free peanut brittle. Um, I haven't opened it. That's for my mom. Got the, you know, the little token, shareholder.
1: I like the the 70s.
2: It's very cool. Uh, Everybody was exceptionally polite and nice. And the stadium, man, like when people... When people clap and cheer and laugh like you're in there man like you're you're part of it it's like jokes that I would laugh at myself that nobody would like like when I'm listening in the shower you know there's like 34, thousand people no sorry in like 20,000 people just laughing as well and it's like oh Goodbye. and I was talking talking to this one guy and his wife was there and it's like he's like well what's the what's the coolest thing about this experience for you and I was sharing with them that You know, there's all these principles and values that I try to learn. And being in person um, just kind of activates. It's like positive reinforcement. So he just kind of confirms that. So that was like a really cool thing for me. But I don't know if I'm overthinking it. I think I'm just a nerd and I like listening to this stuff. And he was like, yeah, I think we're all nerds here. And I was like, yeah, I think we are. And he was like, yeah, revenge of the nerds. It's interesting too because
1: there's like a lot of uh, uh, of people identify with certain things
2: if they're in a Berkshire room. What do you mean? Such as what? A Geico?
1: Well, there's who you are and there's who you think you are just because you're in a room with other people that are already. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, again, I'll say it again. The biggest ego trip running is that you think that you've gotten above the ego trip, right?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. bit of a, a change of topic here, but I, yeah. I did want to bring this up. Um, for both you guys and, and also some of our viewers, there's this new show on Apple TV Plus called Severance. Have you guys heard of it?
2: Watched all of it. I'm waiting for season two. Okay, okay. I will not sick. spoil it. Okay, I've sick. watched it okay, six now, months ago.
0: Now, I've watched just the first two episodes. <laughs> and the reason I'm bringing it up is because, Amra, I want to know if you have the same conclusion or understanding of what the real meaning of the show is okay and i'm not i gonna, think this, this, is too deep. this is too deep this is too no, deep. no 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 it's not deep this is not no john has anything.
2: no clue what we're no, talking about no it's, I it's we're very
0: simple about. to explain and i will explain it obviously because not everybody listening to this has watched the show there's a company in a small isolated town that performs surgeries on its employees to sever their brain so that your personal life and your work life have zero influence overlap. on each other and overlap. So the moment you walk into this building, you forget who you are. You forget your name. You don't know if you have a family. You don't know if you have kids. You don't know where you grew up. You don't know where you went to high school. You don't know your favorite color. I you don't. You don't know anything. But what you do know when you get there is everything you need to do to absolutely crush the day at work, right? And it's very clear what you need to do to excel.
1: What's the it, company? It's, Lumen. It,
0: It's called Lumen, but to me, I'm on episode two. It's not very clear to me what they do exactly at this point, but it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of like a dystopian universe. Okay, okay, okay. okay? okay. Okay. And then
1: when they leave, then they're in their personal life.
0: But when they leave, they're in their personal life, and they have no idea what they did at work. They can't remember anything they did. They don't even know what their job is.
1: Okay, and?
0: So, in my opinion, the show tries to shine light on the ideology That people nowadays are so much more consumed with their work that to the fact that it's taking over their life and especially people who are are higher up and have certain levels of security clearance where they can't actually talk about their job legally. But in terms of people who like, just like us, for example, right? Like between like all three of us work 60 to 80 hours a week normally. Now, John... (laughs) well if we go down the path of like what this looks like what and, do you mean not john i knew john was gonna clap back on that ever what the fuck i was waiting i'm trying for to, him. I'm trying like to a tell delay. a story you're about to fucking unleash john um but i just
2: tease because he says oh i'm always available you know so like, I'm just, he's just reading a book i'm teasing i'm actually purely teasing
1: Hold on. Just because I'm always available oh, doesn't mean that uh, I'm not working. Okay. It just means that I don't have a schedule where I I, I sit in meetings all day doing nothing.
0: Amber, maybe he, maybe maybe he means that he's always available for you, and now he just lost that privilege.
2: So. No, 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 I would never. No, um, no, no.
0: So it's very clear that the people who work at Lumen, like it's kind of like a, you know, like people like ooh Lumen, you know, like they do they do important things, you know. But at the end of the day, like some people, it, anyway, it's very clear that there's this ideology that they're trying to combat and almost make it seem foolish, right? To, to get over consumed with your work to the point where it actually takes over your life. And they make it so glaringly obvious by severing your brain into two parts, one for personal, one for work, <laughs> right? So I don't know, Amber, did you think that at all throughout the show?
2: I think that was one. Yeah. Like in the beginning, Okay, that's the vibe you get. And then it gets more philosophical. Okay, cool. Yeah, you'll like it. I think it's worth, if you're listening to this, it's worth just Googling quickly. Apple TV severance trailer. If it looks interesting, give it a watch. I liked it. James liked it. Almost I think it's it.
0: really, really, really well produced. And that's something I always appreciate is like the. Yeah, it's the exceptional acting, exceptional
2: yeah. design, um, exceptional environment, exceptional script. If you a really like a
0: kind of like dystopian style uh, productions and like Black Mirror-esque type shows, definitely, definitely your type of show for sure.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and if you're a little bit of a perfectionist and maybe have slight made up mm. OCD, you, you'll like oh, that yeah, because it's, why, it's a very well, like it. it's, it's a very clean environment. Yeah. It's, it's very sterile, Facts. sterile, whatever. Just look it up. It's not that crazy, but, uh, yeah, I really, when'd you start start it watching it?
0: Literally like on the weekend, Miranda and I, uh, had a beautiful day in Montreal. It was like 20 and sunny. It was her birthday. We were celebrating her birthday and, uh, did some sightseeing, went and had an amazing dinner and we're like we're both not drinking right we're both like really focusing like well we haven't been drinking a lot in the past like six months honestly together we've kind of like quit casual drinking let's call it right like we don't we don't necessarily rule out alcohol but we don't like engage in drinking as much as we did like you know Nine to 12 months ago, like it, we used to drink like three or four days a week casually. Now it's like maybe once a month, if that. Um, and uh, so we just like finished eating dinner and normally we would have like gone out to a bar and like had six drinks each, got a bit drunk and went home and slept, you know. And now we're just like so tired from the week, but had such a nice time. That we actually were just like, man, what's going to be the most rewarding for us is we got like this nice hotel room with like a massive king bed. We're like, mm. we're just going to go get 10 hours. Like, mm. this is going to be so enjoyable. So we both got 10 hours of sleep, woke up, feeling really well rested, green recoveries. Like, it was Ooh. like, damn, what a fucking... like. What, Wait, what she got a seconds? green recovery? Yeah.
2: So you guys solved the problem?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, We solved that like a couple weeks ago. And it was what you said. You're kidding. I'm not even joking, bro.
1: Let's go. Okay, but
0: okay, so I hold called on. So, it. Yeah, no, no, no. So hold up yeah. there. You and Cam pretty much said it at like days apart without talking to each other. But I said it first. You said it first.
2: I said it first. Yeah, yeah. I got so, you. Yeah. And the only reason Cam knew is because I think Joe somehow told him in those two days oh that feels good man let's go
0: i actually forgot to text you so that's my bad i should have definitely no, no, i thought, no, I thought like good. mentally it's like i thought of texting you and then mentally in my head i did text you yeah um
2: it's all good just check your email invoices in there i think it's fairly priced yeah for sure so yeah. i think it's fair yeah like what's just, miranda's
0: recovery worth you know
2: like for the rest of her life yeah, solved yeah. no problem <laughs> yeah. fraction of a fee
3: <laughs> Yo, can we uh, know what what it was that, that solved uh, no. it? Or, no. no, okay, fair can't. enough. No. Okay, uh, no, valid. it's very yeah, um, private matter.
0: Yeah, very very private matter. Um, yeah, it was actually just more sex. Uh, <laughs> that was the just harder. <laughs> no, um, it was uh, super greens. Austin, super uh, greens, um, like like super be greens, more but like
1: considerate of some of the women that maybe listen to this podcast, and talk to <laughs> some of the religious
3: individuals
1: as well, because I find that to be potty mouth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good
1: guy. Dude. That's awesome. I went to a Berkshire meeting, so I'm very polite. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, I'll say this: I prefer the I prefer, I prefer the Berkshire Ammer versus the uh, the, uh, the Tony York. Robbins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, if I were to choose an Ammer derivative, I would definitely choose. Berkshire <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey man, you know what?
1: <laughs> I learn.
3: I at adapt, least Berkshire baby.
1: Ammer hides his ego, whereas Tony Robbins Ammer <laughs> didn't.
2: What are you talking?
0: About? Tony Robbins Ammer was like, yo, bro, he's like straight up, million dollars this year. It at, can at trade like fucking, like what's stopping me?
1: Fuck. Well, Amber, so actually I don't know I don't know if I I walked I over flames
0: station you guys were having I walked over flames No no I was just uh, okay. oh, no, I was just checking so, in
2: on on Austin well, and his Well yeah wife. so to an-
0: so to Gabe answer your question it's essentially like a, a micronutrient deficiency like uh a lot of like potassium salt um I'm going to forget 80% of it okay, but if you su- if you look up energy. super greens a lot of shit that's in super greens like that like green powder supplement but, athletic greens or well, super greens is like the category like athletic greens is a version of super greens. it's like uh okay, well, yeah okay, okay, athletic right. greens yeah. checks that box, yeah, um she was deficient in a lot of micronutrients
3: mm. yeah, I'm looking at I mean the first thing that comes up is athletic greens, so yeah. <laughs> shout out okay, to their marketing team on that. shout like out to the the their marketing team brand
1: of being the Kleenex of super greens
0: yeah, yeah at on it's on it that makes it
3: on it that makes Athletic Greens or on it that uh, no, makes I think Athletic
1: Greens is AG
3: oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah yeah it's true. it's own company yeah uh, yeah uh, they're, they're killing it but okay yeah. I'm gonna I'm come sorry.
1: in and ask Ammer a question uh, Amher, uh now that we reflected on the Tony Robbins thing how is the crowd <laughs> different like you know you went to both events like is the demographics different like what, what do you notice between the, the types of individuals that go to the, both those meetings are they similar or the same like what do you you know? vibe difference content Obviously, it's, they're not comparable in some ways, but... You know.
2: that's It's a great question, and I just don't feel capable of fully answering it. I can give you, like, a rough, rough... Stop, dude. Just stop. I'm actually just being honest. Um, Like, I can <laughs> give you a rough yeah. guess.
0: What? <laughs> John's such yeah, a fuck. I, I love it.
2: <laughs> i don't know stop just stop why I am i such folks? a fuck
1: why am i such a fuck
0: because <laughs> you because you know exactly why you asked that question and
1: you also know exactly no, why you're no, fuck. no 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 i actually on no. no, i don't think that we're laughing i don't th- i don't no. think i'm a fuck for the reason why you think i'm a fuck okay. i'm a different fuck than that one.
2: Okay. yeah yeah but i know i know why you are that that thing that is inappropriate um but
1: <laughs> now, i think we're all laughing about different things but i'm okay with that <laughs> keep going
2: Just quite honestly, the demographic at the Warren Buffett was more, you know, white males above the age of 50, whereas in Tony Robbins, it was a lot of ethnic people below 30.
1: Yeah, so basically uh, Berkshire was more like Harvard and uh, uh, Tony Robbins is more like Herbalife.
0: Bruh.
2: Yeah, Herber Life is actually a good adjective to describe that crowd. A lot of jumping yeah. around, a lot of manifestation. Yeah.
1: Law of Attraction.
2: Law of Attraction was big there. Yeah, do extraordinary thing. A lot of adjectives, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. interesting. Okay, cool.
2: I like that. Definitely like that crowd. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's that's my answer to that question. Something to share, something I learned, something cool. Just to piggyback off what we talked about maybe a couple of weeks ago with you, Austin, around meditation. Yeah, I've had several moments of mindfulness in the past, maybe two weeks. that were like pretty cool. Where like I put on my shoes to go leave and like do something, but then just in a moment of mindfulness, I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I shouldn't even be doing this right now. Come back in, mm-hmm. take off my shoes, go back upstairs. Just moments like that. And, like, at the Warren Buffett, at the Berkshire conference, I was getting really nervous because of the idea of my name being drawn. And I was making a lot of things mean. There's a lot of negative self-talk in my head. And I was just, like, literally just meditated Mm -hmm. for, like, a minute and a half as people were trying to find their seats. And then I was just back to normal. Uh, I highly also recommend, basically, Austin, you should... I don't know if you started since last time we chatted, but you should start meditating. Mm-hmm. The best, the best time to start is now.
1: Yeah, you know the amberly because what you were talking about there is uh, like what Sam talks about with adding fuel to the fire, and and I really the, the and it, and I feel like this would really resonate with you too, Austin. We've kind of talked about this a bit, but this just lands so hard for me, which is this idea of the half life of an emotion, right? And it's this idea, you know, it's like if you just light a log on fire, right? It'll, you know, if it's a SBC Firemaster log, it takes about an hour and 32 minutes. If it's well seasoned. But nonetheless, it'll burn out over time, right? I used to work for a company called SBC Firemaster. Way, um, it's well seasoned. It, it'll, but it'll burn out. No, they actually seasoned the log. They're seasoned logs, yeah.
2: yeah. Is that the salt, right term? Salt and pepper, a
1: yeah, little mustard. Yeah, it, well no, they're seasoned because they, they, they that's how you get the crack and the,
0: That's like that's like calling know? laundry detergent laundry sauce. You know? No, like it's seasoned just not logs.
1: Seasoned? Like it's like a season Do you have to fucking a, a go on this dish? tangent right now?
0: <laughs> no, I guess it's just funny. It's a funny term. Look at
1: look at uh the half-life, you light a log on fire, it's gonna burn over time, right? But if you add more, obviously another log to the fire, it's gonna continue burning, okay? And It's so true though, right? Because we can sit there and we can suffer so much in our imaginations about things that haven't happened, won't happen, you know, et cetera, uh, outside of our control. Yeah. And we live in this state of, you know, like Sam talks about like this hostage negotiation, right? And he's like, you can just let the hostage go. You don't have to like hold yourself at gunpoint to like figure everything out that you can't figure out. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, what, what Warren said about. You can always tell someone to go to hell tomorrow, right?
2: Yeah. There was a moment where I was walking with my brother back to the hotel, and we got into a little bit of a, of a disagreement. And he seemed to have moved on, but I wasn't. And then I caught myself, and I just kind of looked mm. at him, and I was just like, I can just begin again right now. As if we're, yeah, we are just yeah, landed. Again. Yeah, I like that. I, as, as if I just landed, and yeah, it was back to normal. I just, wow. I just let it go. You know, whereas yeah, yeah, you before, anger. I'd be like, yeah. "Oh man, like we we gotta keep talking about this." To just you know. well,
1: especially because you can have like an expectation of what the other individual should say, right? Which yeah. should statement of course, right? Should they really? Hundred really percent. I, I felt yeah, like he should have yeah.
2: behaved in a certain way, and I gave him or some you feedback. An apology, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave and him feedback, older, and he didn't want the feedback, yeah. and I was like, "Come on, man! Like you should want this feedback." And then I just let it go. I'm just like, "No, he doesn't. He can just live his life." Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't uh, know what my yeah. block
0: is for meditating.
3: It's your time, I think man. it's
0: actually like, it's one of those things where it's like, because I don't do it, I need it the most. But it's also because I don't do it, I don't see what's possible.
2: Can I be brutally honest?
0: Yeah, of course. No.
2: And I, and I say it from a place of love. Yeah. It, it could be... Uh, just like a story based on your previous like experience with meditation. So I feel, I feel like if you if you find value in this, then not doing it is an emotional decision. So you should just do what's logical. If you logically think this could improve your life, then you should just do it.
1: Man, Ammer, when you said that you were going to be brutally honest, my expectations like went through the roof, and then you were like really kind and nice about it.
0: So. Yeah, I was going to say that was pretty brutal.
1: Uh, <sighs> Austin, yeah. can I be brutally honest? No. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> no, okay. God
0: damn! If John's asking for permission this time, it's going to be going to be hurtful.
1: Uh...
2: It just seems very emotional, short term, and non logical. And you should be aware that you are choosing to make that decision. And think
1: Warren Buffett meditates. You think he does cold plunges? What's his I, diet like?
2: All he would fail Camp's program. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. I mean, but but then, but then again, a lot of that I'll, like a lot of this could be also genetics, I mean
1: I mean, well, no, but I, I, but I also think that
2: the cold plunge I get. I think he mm-hmm. does meditate, but not in this in the traditional sense. He probably spends a lot of time being mindful.
1: Well, like like some of the fittest people I know don't go to the gym, right? Meditation is the gym of mindfulness,
2: right? Uh, yeah. But anyways, Austin, that was the brutally honest. It's just you know, no, I, I wanted to lay it on.
1: It does seem to be a it, it, it like it bothers seem-
2: me. Is is maybe why I said it that way? Because <laughs> it, it bothers me, which I'm choosing, and now I it no longer bothers me. Well, is me, it just a <laughs> is
1: it just a lack of like? Do, do you see the pseudoscience of some sort?
0: No, no, I, I have meditated many times before. I just seem to entropy out of a habit to do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of well.
1: I think that I I, I don't know Amher because Amor right now is in kind of like a let say an upswing with it. But I, I've gone up and down. With my uh, with my meditation, I mean, I think that people who meditate, I think one of the things that a lot of people who meditate often uh, do a disservice for meditation is they make it seem like it's this easy task that they've like just like rock solid discipline on. And I think that a lot of there's a lot of fluidity in your in your relationship with mindfulness, right? Because there's there's of course the the actual physical practice of sitting down and meditating, um, and I feel like there's this idea that you only get something out of meditation if you do it every day for 10 minutes and, you know, you're just like this disciplined guy right i, I meditate monday to I friday think,
2: sometimes i miss fridays
1: sure but 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 even the idea of like monday to friday hey fair fair enough right um like there's a strengthening of the muscles but uh i think that you can also be you, you can have someone who completely fucking misses the point and they could be meditating seven days a week they could literally just be sitting there thinking and they're not meditating by any stretch right they're just thinking well right? i'd yeah. be down and like, there's a massive difference
0: i've i will commit to when i get off this podcast in a couple minutes
1: i will meditate
0: get the sam
2: harris but, app dude yeah. i was gonna
1: say i really strongly recommend
0: <clears throat> yeah it gives you the framework
2: meditation. man because yeah. you, you yeah, kind of just the meditation walking the i've desert. done in the
0: past has been guided meditation
2: no, but get right. it from one person with one philosophy and one roadmap. I think that that will be better.
1: Like Austin, like right now. Okay. Yeah. Feel your shoulders. Like your shoulders exist right now. Can you feel them? Yes. Okay. How about the feet on the ground? Like, can you feel the the air and the tension between your the bottom of your soles or whatever you know shoe or whatever your yeah like, feet are touching? Right? Okay. Can you, is there sounds in the background that you've maybe been unaware of temporarily? But yes. now if I mention it, like, can you hear maybe cars driving by? You just
2: meditated. You?
1: Yeah. So when, that's really what meditation is, it's just becoming aware of your sensation. Right. And yes, like you can think like there's thoughts that are going on and they come and go. And I find it really fascinating to meditate on what is actually my true experience for this exact moment like Mm -hmm. like there's there's certain things that that you notice that have always been there and that you you realize that you have access to certain ways of being or, you know, presence in the world that never left you. Yeah. I think a lot of time, like it just gives you options.
2: Like you can get off the treadmill and change your shoes. Like it, it's like, an, you know, mm.
1: no, but, you, but, but yeah, like, but there's also like grooves of your life that you're in and you're, there's paths that you're on that, that are completely artificial in the sense that you could just stop you can just change ship you can be a totally different person begin again yeah man and it's a muscle that if it's not necessarily well developed it's similar to well, I mean, just like in the gym, right? I mean, the, you know, like, I, there's certain individuals that if they tried going up a staircase, it'd be a challenge and like they'd be winded by the top, right? And there's certain individuals that if they, uh, you know, were helping you move a couch, it would be like, this is bugging useless, right? That This person's not helping, right? Uh, and there's certain individuals that you're talking to and you're like, oh, this person's not present whatsoever, right? Certain people, you, just, you tell they're not mindful, right? Like, And think about how inefficient, I mean, you're, you're naturally just a mindful person in the sense that you're, I would say that you're. Reasonably aware, and you know, mm-hmm. there's certain firms that you know exist and things like that, and so you, know, you kind of have a bit of a leg up. And I can see why maybe there's a, I don't know if I necessarily need a kind of mentality per se, um, but go talk to one of the random roofers that work for you, like you know, like a sub, like a deep subcontractor, like you know, like the subcontracted brother is helping out for a day, and you'll really get an appreciation for how inefficient a lot of minds are. Uh, and how unmindful they are like trying to actually hold a conversation with them. And it's, it's actually exceptionally difficult because they're just so all over the place, right? It's not the default setting to be in great shape, right? And it's it's incredibly obvious when you walk down the street who's in good shape and who's not who's healthy and who's not right for the most part, right? Like, you know, you don't need to know how much someone weighs to know if they're fat like you can just be like hey, that person's out of shape, right? but with the mind, it's completely different. Like people can actually fake a lot of things. Uh, they can trick themselves into it. And that's where meditation that's, and that's Amber. That's just kind of back to what you're talking about. That's where meditation, you can miss the boat, you know? Like I, I remember early on, uh, when I was, so I've been a Sam, a Sam Harris member for more or less since day one. And like my, I think my membership for the year is like 20 bucks, you know, and now it's like some crazy, you know, it's a much higher number, right? 99. And yeah, there you go. Like, and I, I remember early on, there was this feature where it would track a streak. So every time you logged in, it would, you would have a streak. And if you didn't log in for the day and do your daily meditation, then meditation, it would break your streak. And so I remember like trying to get this thing. And I remember one day, uh, I got a message from, from, uh, Sam Harris, like, you know, in the app and it said, Hey, just so you know, I uh, ended your streak and you're no, we're no longer tracking it. And I remember being like, this is st- so stupid. Like, you know, like this is. This was making more and more consistent. I liked the streak because you know it, it kind of held me accountable. But then, in, in, but in his message, he kind of he kind of explained that like if the streak is why you're here, you're, you're, you're kind of missing the boat. Like we're not here to tell people that we meditate. You get no brownie points for meditating. There's no there's no award or anything like that. Mm. Ultimately, you either are living your life or you're not. And if you're only here for the sake of checking off the box or whatever, you missed it, okay? You missed it, right? Yeah, man.
0: I'm off to meditate. I appreciate that, John. I had never really looked at it that way in terms of, I mean, I knew meditation gave you mental clarity, mindfulness, but I guess I certainly haven't put it up against my level of care for my, I guess, you know, I do have a newfound love for maintaining my physical health in the past, like six months. You know, and I like if I were to put that up against my care for my mental health, it's certainly not there, you know it's not that I have bad mental health per se, but it's not like something I actively focus on, so yeah, all right guys, so I'm gonna emotional
2: that- management, I think that's the next big thing, man yeah well, at least for me i I can't only speak for myself, but
0: yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys, I'm going to take off. Have a good night. All
2: right, good night, Night, brother. Good night. Also, shout out to my mom. Mom, if you're listening, shout out. Her and I had a sit down almost a year ago where she kind of shared a little bit about parts of her life that she wasn't too happy with. And I kind of shared some thoughts and action items. And her and I were just having a cool little chit chat and uh since then she lost 13 pounds she joined like a mom group uh she's gotten a raise she works out uses the sauna cold shower so i hope she stays on that uptrend
1: abu chakra mom yeah like that her
2: name's dulama do Lama. Do Lama. she's uh Lama. she's 51 i like that she's turning that 51 me. so
1: i'm happy for your mom
2: yeah it's re- it very cool because she listens every now and then and yeah no, that no, I,
1: I like that man that's
2: awesome yeah so it was really cool very cool uh very cool. she also did landmark uh many years ago i recommended it to her and she did it interesting it's
1: hmm. very cool that your mom's open to feedback like that oh yeah yeah
2: i know my mom's super cool hmm. But that's pretty much everything on my end. I wanted to get your opinion on something that I that I did, don't know how to approach. So, our our cash collection at any given time there's thirty three percent that is owed to us of total total revenue that we just got to mm, collect. So AR, yeah, yeah, it's AR. Now we could eliminate that problem by. Oh, I
1: don't mm. know if
2: I'm talking. So basically,
1: one third of all of your cash is always just sitting in AR, basically consistently, because like as. As as like as all of like last month's get paid down, you then re top it up with another it, 30,
3: it, you
2: know, exactly yeah. So there's yeah. a way we can solve it by basically offering third party financing, and I don't know if that's ethical. I don't know the dangers of how to do that. So it'll well, it get...
1: artificially stimulate demand, but it'll also no, potentially.
2: So we 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 still will not let in people through the door that don't have a specific cash amount, so that we filter out bad apples and stuff like that. But
1: so just out of curiosity, uh, so a few questions on that, unless, uh, unless there's any more, maybe we're going to give these details, but um, so, okay, is yeah. it that, is it that exactly one third of customers just go on payment plans and then therefore that's why that's there? Like as in like, so 66% of their money is owed and then, you know, they, they roughly equal a third or whatever, so it ends up being a third of the total, or is it that like, so is like what, like what percentage of customers are actually going on payment plans?
2: Mm, 40%, 35%. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry, 60, uh, 70% or 65% go on payment plans.
1: Okay, so interesting. So, um, and why do they go on payment plans?
2: Um, usually it's a good reason, like they just don't have the cash flow, uh, or okay. s- simply just don't have the money now, but they will have later.
1: You know, I don't know if it's necessarily an issue for a business like yours, because you don't exactly have a bunch of accounts payable in any given moment, do you? no like is it is it ideal that you collect 100% of the money at the time of of the thing for sure yes but it sounds like basically like so what's the average um, what's the average pay cycle like what's what's 2.5 months what's the term 2.5 months so basically 3 months so basically your your customers are getting called 60 to 90 days net yeah on, on buying your course um and there's no collateral or of any sort at all. So, I mean, the default rate at certain times in a market cycle could actually be quite high. Like you know. So I mean, what I was
2: like, thinking was yeah. mm-hmm. instead of – I can probably reduce that three months to one month by outsourcing the funding. Because right now I'm acting as the loaner and the financer of these loans where mm-hmm. I can just delegate that to another company, pay my fee, which is like 5%. Um, and I get my money – up front and they can even finance it beyond that
3: i
1: but, know but that's,
2: <laughs> yes i i get I that same feeling fi- i don't
1: think you're paying five percent for that because i mean that's that it is five percent like well I like it's okay. quoted
2: it's quoted like that's that's the terms
1: I, 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 I mean, let me know when you do it you know six months and then let me know what that is i just that that seems hard to believe i mean like that just seems hard to believe i mean like, I don't know, I've, I've reached out to many companies about AR financing for pure air and I mean, that's fucking rock solid where we have like, you know, a voice that's, you know, clearly gonna be paid by like, you know, like the Delta and it's not, it's not five, like 5%, like over the duration of like the, the two and a half months, you mean?
2: No, like let's say you, you try to finance like a hundred dollars.
1: I a hundred percent guarantee it's not 5% annualized. It might be 5% for a 2.5, which is like 30% annualized or something crazy like that.
2: No, no, no. Sorry. I just want to make, let's say it's a, somebody owes you. Yeah, a uh, hundred bucks Yeah, and, and you took 20 bucks up front and they owe you a hundred bucks. Yeah. You, you get $95. They keep five.
1: Okay. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Sorry. So just, you understand though, that's not 5%. That's like, yes, it's 5% of the charge, but if you annualize that, it makes zero sense for you to outsource your financing. Zero percent. Because if, if you take 5% and, and annualize that, like what's like, what's, what's the APR on, uh, I guess Gabe's not here, but what's the APR on a five percent over a two month period? It, that's fucking insane.
2: Like I don't understand anything that you're saying right now. I gotta be honest. Uh
1: like you're giving them five percent to finance something over two and a half months, but I'm saying if 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 you were to,
2: no, they're financing it over sixty months or something. Sometimes like two years, like two like twenty four months, sixty months. So instead of the customer being oh, sorry, forced, I,
1: thought, so I guess we're talking about two different things. Let me I think hit. so. so 100%. What I thought you were asking was that you uh, that you would be selling your AR to these individual, like to this company, and they would they would be.
2: No, I meant that as paying. an analogy. I'm not actually selling my AR. I'm I'm basically like s- saying I can reduce my like three months an month. afterpay
1: pay kind of thing. Like so, like when the person goes to buy the like when they go to buy your course for X amount of dollars, right? The company will give that person all the money the loan to do it at yes.
2: 5%. No, not at 5%. It's like different. It could be like 7%, 10%, 11% interest. Should I, should I restart? Probably, probably worth a wipe. No, I, I don't uh, think so. I,
1: I think that, I think that you're just like, look at, so basically they're charging you 5% and they charge them. Yeah. Yeah. But Ammer, I'm saying if you're, if your collection is, 2.5%, or sorry, 2.5 months, as in from start to finish, yes, being collected, right? Yes, then if you're willing to give up 5% of the revenue in order to not have that two month, two point five 2.5 month period, the actual amount you're paying is not 5%, it's 5% of the revenue, but it's on an annualized basis. It's you're actually paying like a 30% interest rate. Like Like, I'm saying you're better off self financing at that point.
2: How am I paying 30%? This is why I'm getting confused. Because
1: you're giving up 5% to, to not have to wait 2.5 months for your money. Yes. Never, put it this way. If 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 it was like, hey, if your average AR was a 12-month period, right? Yes. And you gave up 5%, then then that would be a 5% interest rate on your money. Like as in you're giving up 5% in order to get your money now versus a year later. Well, if you're giving up 5% for 2.5 months, it's like i i don't i don't know i don't know what website to look this up but it's not the same Amor. it's you're you're paying some crazy interest rate but i don't know what there's i mean i don't i don't know i can explain i think
2: i think we're miscommunicating so let's say you want to work with me and it costs yeah. you $120 you give me $20 yeah and then $100 is put into yes. your bank account two days later, and then I get $95 day three, and then you have a loan now for $100.
1: Correct. But of the course amount, you have 5% less as a result yes. of using that course. Yeah. Yes. So, Ammer, I'm letting you know that the actual math, okay, whether or not, I, 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 maybe I can't articulate this to you, or I think I did, the actual math is that you are paying that company an annualized rate of like 30 something percent or some crazy number okay to offer that service because you're basically saying that your money like because if it was because basically you're saying it's either on their books or your books they are right like because they're not getting paid right away they're you know
2: yeah they're going to get paid over time but they can but they're charging interest
1: i get that they're getting an excellent deal you're self-finding it all i'm saying is hammer is that the math is not going to work out for you. I I absolutely promise that. I don't I don't know why I'm not able to explain this as well as maybe I could. But basically, the annualized rate is actually significantly higher. Like how do I? Let me see if I can find a really quick yeah. help later here online. Uh, annualized.
2: But rate. I don't charge interest, no. and I don't. I
1: know, but you're paying interest, Ammer. Okay, like like you're basically like I don't know how I don't like. We, uh, what do you want me to tell you? Like, you're not getting 100% of the revenue, Ammer. So you're paying. That's the equivalent of an interest rate, <laughs> okay? Like, you're not paying. You're not getting the full amount, okay? You, you have $100 of revenue, and mm-hmm. you're giving up $5 yes. to receive payment now versus 2.5 mm-hmm. months later. That rate of return is, like, crazy for the, over the course of the entire year, even though you're thinking, oh, it's only 5%. Yeah, but it's, it's 5% over a 2.5-month AR cycle, so it's actually annualized at some crazy rate. I don't know. There's no other way I can explain that. I, I you know,
2: mm, okay. yeah. I will look into it. <laughs> like it's just math. Yeah. Because we don't offer any financing but like Amer, beyond if I, that. Amor,
1: but Amher, If I gave you a hundred dollars, okay, yes, yes. And I said Amor, in two point five months, I will give you a hundred and five dollars. Okay. You'd say, oh, I got a five percent return. Yeah, I know, but the and, but but you got the five percent return over a two point two point five month period. So the annualized rate is if you were to continue getting that every 2.5 months is some astronomical amount, right? Okay. Like much higher. So I'm saying for you to give up 5% to, to eliminate two month, 2.5 months of AR, is that's not actually good math. I mean, unless you're getting some crazy return on your money, in which maybe you are, it's it's not really worthwhile. mm-hmm like you have, to, I mean, basically you'd have to justify getting like a, a 40 plus percent return on your money consistently to justify that, you know, and, w- and that most businesses don't have reinvestment opportunities.
2: Because like so you're saying that. my other option is just for me to finance the customer at 5% interest.
1: No, but Amr, it's not 5% interest. It's 5%. It's, it's, it's annualized much higher. It's. You're looking at as a two point. You're looking at five percent. Is then like it's oh, it's five percent. It's not two five. It's not five percent. It's five percent over two point five months. That's the important part. Ammer. If I told you I was gonna pay five percent interest, uh, if I Amer, if I told you I was gonna pay a thousand percent interest, does that sound pretty attractive to you? Yeah. Okay. What if I told you it was over ten million years?
2: <laughs>
1: the annualized rate is fucking dirt. Ammer. If I told you I was gonna give you a one percent return, would that sound shitty to you? Yes. Okay. What if I told you I was gonna give you it within an hour? Okay. All of a sudden now annualized, it's fucking a lot. <laughs> Okay. You see the difference here, okay? So Ammer, the five percent is irrelevant to me. That's why the first question I asked you was, "What's your AR cycle? How many months?" The moment you told me two point five and it's five percent, I'm like, "That's fucking ridiculous!" Don't do that math. That math doesn't check out. Does that make more sense now? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so I- I'm saying, don't like the way that whatever guy that quoted you, he didn't quote you. He, he sold you in a way that's like that's five percent, right? But I remember my guys like, "What's the APR?" Always ask the guy what the APR is, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, well fuck." You know, it's going to be some stupid number.
3: Yeah.
2: What if my APR was like four months? Then the
1: ATR just... is the annualized percentage yield.
2: Oh, oh. Yeah. But what if my pay... Or return.
1: APY, A- 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 APR.
2: Okay. Well, what if it took me like four months to collect all my payments? Then at 5%... It still would be
1: worthwhile. Because
2: yeah. that's what? 10% over you, for Hammer. the
1: virtually it's almost never worthwhile unless you're a company that needs the cash because of like your negative cash. Like are you positive cash flow?
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. Well then you don't, but but then don't do it. They like over the year, but like month by month, not really.
1: Yeah, I know. But Amr, that's welcome to fucking AR hell. That's just what it is. Like that's just like, that's so unless you want to do business differently, that's a characteristic of your business. What you're talking about. I get it it's a sh- but it's short term. It's it's you're trying to solve next month's cash flow issue, but the but the issue is is that it's not going to solve like you're always going to have AR. Like you're going to be paying some massive interest rate to, to to get your AR back.
2: Yeah. I I, I dislike moments like these where there maybe something glaringly obvious that I'm missing. Is this like um what, what am I missing here? Is this accounting? Is this what what is this? Um yeah, maybe
1: I'll what just What category is a this? This is accounting. Okay. And it's basically just you're valuing your money as if you could get a 40 40 return annualized and maybe that's the case i don't know i don't know your business that well i don't know what your return on invested capital is but like so for example if someone i can tell me,
2: you right now if i put in
1: no but Amher, you're looking at it as a revenue standpoint look to trace it back to because amber for okay, like uh, we can do this really quickly. So for every dollar of advertising, how much revenue do you produce?
2: Seven.
1: Okay, and then of that seven, uh, one third of that is going to be. So what's uh, what's sixty six percent of uh,
2: four point seven? Uh,
1: okay, and then I mean, I mean, how much do you want to get into this? What's your of your percentage of revenue? So of that seven dollars in revenue. What's your uh, what's your what's your operating margin? I mean, okay,
2: I'm got it. Go cool. Okay, so, I, 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 I understand. But, uh, let,
1: let me make up an example. Let me make it up an example. Yeah. We won't use your
2: business. Okay, sure.
1: Let's say there's a business that generates one dollar. I'm actually glad we're having this conversation because these are things that I think about all the time that I, I never really get to talk about. <laughs> Thank this is you. Great. Good. Okay. So so. Um, Let's say you have a dollar and I'm just gonna make up some really bad examples. So these may not work out, but you can see the math that I'm going through and you can do this for your own business, okay? And I think everyone should do this because this is actually one of the principles of why I choose where I'm gonna grow my business, okay? This is really, really, really important, okay? So if you have a dollar of, uh, let's say you have a dollar that you're gonna put into the business and then you think you're gonna generate $4 of revenue. People are like, oh, it's a 4X return. People, okay, well, no, not really. <laughs> so of the, four, of the $4, let's say you consistently are gonna be having one third of that, or let's say 25% is gonna be, um, uh, let's say 50% AR, okay? Just, this is a really AR rich company, 50% AR, okay? Of that, then you have $2 of actual cash that you're gonna generate that month in operating cash flow, okay? Um, Or like in in, in that period, okay? Um, And then of that $2, uh, sorry, but then let's say, let's say you have 50% margins, right? Well, of that, so on the $4, you incur $50 of, or oh, sorry, fifty percent of cost, which is two bucks. And because you had fifty percent of AR, you actually received zero dollars of cash for that one dollar of outlay.
2: No, you got one dollar, no?
1: No, because you got four dollars of revenue, fifty percent margin is you experience two dollars of costs, but two dollars of it is in AR. So you had four dollars of of getting two dollars is getting worked eaten by working capital, two dollars is getting uh eaten up by operating costs. You have zero dollars for that one dollar spent. So your actual cash on cash return in that example is none. So then, so then you'd say, well, how do we grow this business then? Well, I guess you can put more capital in, but you're never going to get cash back unless you shrink the size of the business or you solve your AR problem. Which the AR problem could be solved by one of two things: you could increase, you could increase your uh, your liabilities to offset. Well, not uh, yeah, you could increase your liabilities like uh, your current liabilities, so you could um so you could uh for example you could increase let's say your um you could increase your accounts payable so for example if you go uh if, if we were to look at walmart's balance sheet you'll notice that they're like their accounts payable is massive because they negotiate like 180 like you know 240 you know like some massive like payment terms really like, like some like some companies may not uh like like get payment from uh uh walmart for like 6 months yeah, yeah. So what Walmart is doing is they're getting an interest-free loan from their suppliers, and then they're they're then let's say they're produ- so they're then you know selling goods or whatever, and they're getting cashed every single day for it. So their suppliers are funding their growth, right?
2: Let, let's let's use the example. Let's say the 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 the, the example that you're giving. Let's say you're getting a fifteen percent return. So you do all the math and then you're left with a dollar and fifteen cents. You put a dollar in, you put it you get a dollar and fifteen cents out. No, it wouldn't be a dollar fifteen, it'd be a fifteen it'd
1: be fifteen cents. You get fifteen cents in cash. That's fifteen percent, right? A dollar oh. fifteen would be you're getting a uh you're getting a uh a okay. hundred and then
2: let's say fifty cents then for the sake of the example. Fifty cents. Fifty yeah,
1: percent return, yeah. Okay. In invested capital,
2: yeah. So then in that example, it would make sense to take
1: that. It depends on what the annualized return is, yeah. On on the debt financing,
2: right? So if it was five percent every two and a half months, where where did you get forty percent?
1: I'm just guessing. I don't know. actually. I don't know. That's a hard one to do. And it is. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to do it. I mean, I don't because huh. I don't think about that often. Yeah. Because it's usually done for you. Like if you just ask the person who's like, you know, they 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 have to tell you that, right? So, but, but, but that's, but, but AR is a negative characteristic of a business. And that's something that you'd want to address, right? Yeah. Like some businesses are really good at producing AR. Some businesses are really good at producing inventory.
2: So how do you solve, how do you solve AR? Like in our situation, you said take on more debt or delay, delay AP?
1: Well, Amber, what you're talking about is you have equity that you can't access. So the only way to access that equity is if you bring on debt.
2: Yeah, or increase AP.
1: Yeah, but you but you can kind of you can bring on debt in ways that it, it it doesn't sound like you're bringing on debt, but you could you you could increase your AP. Yeah,
2: yeah. What are other ways that you can increase that you can extract? Oh, you can take on debt without like taking out a loan or something. Uh float.
1: So you could have like so you could have some customers that go on payment plans, and you have some customers that maybe pay for like a. Like so, for example, like here's here's a here's a way of doing what you're doing that would be way better. Like here's the opposite of what you're doing, right? So rather than selling a course and you're financing it, right? Because you're what you're realizing now is like, holy shit, I might have mispriced my course because there's it, it's it's so crazy at generating AR, right? Right. But so that's where you play with the price point. Maybe people are more likely to finance that. I'm just gonna make up numbers. I'm I'm gonna use really inflated numbers just so it's, maybe people are like like think about this people pay cash for cars under 10 grand but they they basically finance everything above 10 right it's just different it's different buyers right uh like no one basically no one pays cash for a new car everyone finances it right so um you're producing extremely low quality loans as well like 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 they're not there's no collateral there's no you know what i mean like they're, they're like it, it like they're their consumer loans really is what you're, you know, the AR, right? And so that, you know, I don't know what the bad debts are on that, you know? Like, yeah, like, I mean, you have, we haven't been through a full cycle, but like, yeah, that's something that you'd want. 5%. For, yeah. Which it would put you in the category of um, car loans. Car loans have, uh, like, if you go look at like, bank balance sheets, uh, the, the, there's something called credit uh, loss or allowances, so like, most banks will have somewhere around one to two percent of their in, in about the, the I think the the thirty year average is one point six percent of their total assets, uh, of their uh, sorry of their of their total loans as a credit allowance. So basically, they've set aside one point six percent of their loans into a little reserve fund uh, to pay out future losses. Right. Well, for credit card companies, it's like eight percent, right? Uh, for companies that are originating like commercial owner-occupied loans, it might only be like two percent for home for home mortgages. It might be like one percent, right? Um, but for car loans, it's depending on the the FICO score uh, or the like credit score, I guess you could call it, um, and what kind of car it is, and the demographic, and the location, and you know multiple factors. But I would say like five percent. So you're basically in the car loan. You're basically in a car loan. Like you're basically, you basically have a business that originates car loans. <laughs> And so you could sell those off to people and they'd be pretty attractive. Right. So you could get, so you're basically maybe in a loan origination business, but you're not, that's a different thing. Right. Like,
2: yeah. Okay. You were about, you were about to say something about how you might be able to solve this.
1: Oh, well, so like the, an example of an opposite thing would be if someone was like, Oh, like, Hey, you're going to pay me $500 a month. Right. In coaching. Right. And if someone was to pay six grand up front for the entire course, that's now float, because you're selling them a $6,000 product cash that they, but they, so they perceive it as $500 a month, but you're selling it for 6,000 upfront. So you're technically getting cash upfront, but you're delivering the goods over the course of 12 months. So I, so insurance works that way. So insurance is, hey, you want insurance policy? Pay for the whole year upfront, like for your auto loan at least, you're, you pay for the whole year upfront, and then And then they can invest in the meantime. Yours is the opposite. Yours is, hey, let us give you the product and you pay us over the course of three months.
2: No, but we have people that pay up front.
1: I get that. I get that. I get that. I'm not saying that no one does that. I'm saying that there is customers like the same way that in Pure Air, we have Resi customers that pay the same day. But then so you just need to figure out why are some people paying cash and some people aren't? Like, you obviously have a, like, you know, you have a resi component and you have a commercial component. There's some people who pay up front. There's some people who don't, right? And so that's where you would have to maybe get deep into the analytics if you might have been chasing the wrong revenue. You might have been chasing a bit, oh, wow, this this one advertising angle. Look at all the revenue we're producing, but then it's it's AR rich. And it's not that you don't want to chase that, but then you want to say, okay, well, what's this demographic that's paying up front? How do I get more of that? Oh, because yeah, Because yeah. what if you, because you might be like, oh, the the advertising cost is ten percent over here. This is ten percent lower. This is way better. But you might be realizing you might you might be passing over the fact that oh this ten percent increased marketing cost over here, which maybe your marketing cost. I'm just gonna I'm gonna make up a, a, another random number. Let's say your marketing cost is ten percent. So if the marketing cost is ten percent higher, you're only paying one percent more of revenue to get cash up front versus over here. You might be only paying one percent lower or ten percent less on marketing, but then you have AR. So then, interesting enough, it's, you're actually better off with the 11% marketing cost than the 10%. You, you know what I'm saying? So that's where you see yeah, what I I, thought, like I I thought of that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so you might, and I don't know your business that well, but you might have ways of being like, wow, like everyone from fucking Kentucky doesn't, they all finance it and everyone from LA pays for it up front. I don't know. I'm just, you know, yeah. But, but so in painting, it's more obvious because commercial, you have AR, resi, you don't. That's just the nature. Of there it, right? is a
2: pattern that I know of where people okay, with, okay, with okay. a specific problem always have high, uh, like the the finance, where people with this problem, they almost never. So,
1: But Amber, it makes perfect sense, though, because if you think about it, you're also, I don't want to say bottom fishing, but, but the, the niche that you found, it sounds like it's AR rich. It does. And it makes sense, right? Because you're finding people that are in more or less distressed situations, Right.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas if you were operating, but you, so you might want to, but
2: we can easily pivot to something else. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, but you, but, but the same way that like, if I was only focusing on commercial clients, I would be, it would be AR hell. Right. But you might want to be like, okay, I have this one niche. That's like, it's really, it's really like, I know I can get amazing returns on my money in the long run, but you know, it's AR rich. And then over here, maybe I have a higher demographic that I'm going after that I sell a different product to, and it's not AR rich. Right. And you have two different angles. Of two di- It's a similar service, but it's a different product in, in, in some ways.
2: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things that people don't necessarily consider, right?
2: Oh, not yeah. at all, man. I mean, there's no way I would have considered it. I guess so. Uh, well, that's
1: where I was reading uh, where I got a lot of these ideas too, by the way, just so you understand, is uh, just so you mental models of this is that uh, – it was so funny. Uh, you know, well remember when uh, Charlie Munger was t- I, well, okay, let me get those two points here. Charlie Munger, uh, with the uh, when he said to his friend, he's like, Hey, where's all your profit for the year? He's like, Oh, it's so over the, there.
2: Yeah, it's sitting right there in the parking lot. Yeah,
1: so for you, you're like, Hey, when someone's like, Hey man, how successful is your business? You're like, Yeah, I'm making, you know, half a million a month. You're like, where is it all? You're like, Oh, well it's it's on my balance sheet. It's in my AR. Yeah. Right? No, no. That's not desirable, right? Not at now, all. Now but so I remember reading about uh, uh, dollar stores and dollar stores Uh, used to, they're getting better. Uh, They used to, because they couldn't negotiate better better terms, but now, but see, but retailers end up going through the cycle where when they're growing, they have no cash flow because it's all being invested into more inventory and more stores. But then once they achieve scale, then they can negotiate better terms from their suppliers. And then what they do is they negotiate longer uh, payment terms, and then they can make the spread between the two, right? How many turns of inventory can they get in that same AR cycle, right? So you have a, you have a, a supplier that you maybe buy some beanie bags from, you say, okay, I'm going to pay you in 90 days. But in the meantime, you've turned over those beanie bags three times in that one cycle, and that's that's one of the most important metrics of a retail company is what's their inventory turn, right? Grocery stores have low margins because uh, they can because they, they turn over the inventory so quick, right? Businesses that have lower margins rec- but they don't have as much turns could end up having so it's like a retailer like uh, Mac Mattresses, for example, lower turn. Okay, lower turn, as in how many times they cycle their inventories in a year, but they have higher margins. Grocery stores, really high turn, but they have lower margins. This is um, uh, like Costco, for example. Their whole model is you have to buy bulk. We're going to turn over a fuck ton of volume, right? Volume, volume, volume. Um, but they can afford to have low margins, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Here, y'all. I just want to open this up here. So I have the loan amount here. Loan term, interest rate, compounded. How how can I pay So yeah.
1: So I I don't know again I'm not that familiar with this, but so uh go so go to loan term and go uh 0 years, 2.5 months. Mhm. And then uh go interest rate 5. Um, oh, I don't know. this is kind of strange. Uh, annual, yeah, I go annual APR. Uh huh. APY, and then payback. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Every, I don't know what the payback is. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know. Loan fees zero upfront fees put zero, go zero, and hit calculate. I just want to see what happens. Uh, no, that's not that's not right. Oh, no, annually. No, no, sorry. Go compound uh, go compound uh, quarterly. That's every three months. Yeah. And a loan term, go, you know, go 12 months. Go 12 months. I see. Yeah. This might be better. I think this is the right number. Mm. I, I don't know how to use this calculator. I'm not familiar with this. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I don't know these inputs that well.
2: Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, man, uh, one of the other takeaways I I... I took from leaving that meeting is I should start putting aside some time to learn the language of business. AKA yeah, man. accounting. I mean, that's,
1: yeah, man. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but that's what I spend a lot of my time doing.
2: I mean... I feel embarrassed like, in this conversation, man, so...
1: No, 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 Amber. No, no. And, and, and that's actually just... That's that's only because I'm... Uh, the reason what... But you feeling embarrassed is actually not... Uh, don't, don't that, that actually reflects more poorly on me than it does you. Because... Uh, there's probably some frustration on my end of maybe not having as much understanding as I'd like to explain it well enough that you'd understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand these concepts well enough that I can actually bring it down oh, to your level.
2: I, right? I see. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's some frustration on my end, right? Um, but But I think that you – do you understand it better now, though? Like, do you feel like you have a better grasp of what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, I, I feel close. I'm. It's it's not a hundred percent there because to, in like, my what, head, which it's like which aspect is
1: the most confusing?
2: It's like in it's my like, head, it's like I'm I'm giving up five percent to get the cash now, so I can solve all this money problem. Like, of course, I'm. I have no problem paying five percent of my revenue forever if it means I just get the cash three three months earlier.
1: Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But yeah, you have to look at it as how fast you would get the cash otherwise. Again, the example I used of if I told you Ammer, well, Ammer, if I told you that um I would give you your cash at 10%, does that sound nice? You'd say, "Well, yeah, but Ammer, there's a difference between if you would otherwise receive the cash tomorrow. Like you wouldn't do it if you were receive. Like, would you would you take 5% if the cash was tomorrow?"
2: "Well, I don't know what that means." Like no, if Amer, I if I I'm give you $100. Ammer,
1: if a customer was going to say, "Hey Amher, I'll pay you tomorrow." Would you call up this company and say, "I'll I'll give you 5% to pay me today?"
2: Oh,
1: now you get it. There no, you go.
2: no, no, not at all.
1: Ammer, okay. you I, have a have customer, a, I would, okay. I would take
2: the money from the customer.
1: Exactly, but Ammer, yeah. this is the, yeah because you because Ammer because you intrinsically understand that's a terrible return. This is yes. just, this is the time value. This is what we're talking about right now is time value of money. So, yes. So Ammer, if I'm a customer and I and I say Ammer, I'm going to pay you right now. Yes. Would you call up the fi- financing company? No, not at all. Okay, if I said I'm going to pay you tomorrow, would you call up the financing? No. Company? Okay, if I told you I'm gonna pay you ten years from now, would you pay the yes. financing company? Yeah, of course. All I'm saying is that you've done the you've done the wrong math. Two point five months is not the number that you're looking for. <laughs> okay. Basically, I'm saying that one year is probably good. Nine months is probably good. 2.5 so, months. So how do you calculate that cost?
2: How do you calculate that cost? That's, that's It's
1: called AP. It's called APR. And I, I don't know how to calculate it because mm, mm. I, 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 I'm sure there's a calculator somewhere. I don't, it's, that's like, I'm not that good at math. I'll be, I'm just not that good. I don't know the calculation. Yeah.
2: Okay. Got it. Well, do, do you have a couple of, like, is this, do you like talking about this stuff?
1: Yeah, no, I'm a fucking. I mean, this okay. is what I. I'm a nerd.
2: Okay, well, I want to. I want to figure this out. So it's like, how do I calculate? Have you ever used ChatGPT? This is what ChatGPT is perfect for.
1: Uh, AP. Uh, APR. Uh, a- 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 yeah.
2: Okay, so I, I can explain my situation here. It's like I. I have a payment plan system for my product. Um, my loans. Usually,
1: no, 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 no. My my customers, my customers, normally pay me in two point five months.
2: Normally, pay me in two point five months. The I have a financing uh, I, company
1: that will uh, take a five percent fee to give it to me that today, rather than two point five months later. Five
2: percent fee on the revenue today. Instead of waiting, let me say again. Rather than,
1: no, 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 no not today. Rather uh, Say a financing company uh, that will take a 5% fee on the revenue uh, to give me my money now rather than 2.5 months later. What is the annualized interest rate of this financing arrangement? Like
2: what is the APR of this deal?
1: Don't say APR, because I
2: don't know if it's it is. It, it will, account. it
3: will. Of this deal? Sure.
2: To calculate the APR of the financing deal, we'll need to know the effective interest rate charged by the finance company for advancing the payment. If the finance company is taking a 5% fee, maybe they are may be charging it to... <laughs> to calculate the animals, need to use the following formula, where R is the interest rate and in charged. Uh, Holy
1: fuck! If if they do this right now, this would be 26.8 percent to take oh! the financing off for you, effectively dude, paying an interest rate. GDP, G- GPT, dude, damn. Oh, okay, yeah. so I was not that far off with thirty percent, but yeah. So that's that's the implied interest rate. That's how much you're actually paying for them to finance your money. Does that make sense? So Ammer, you're paying twice the amount that a shitty credit card user
2: would have to pay. Why am I paying twice? This is where I'm it, paying twice compared to what?
1: Well, Amr, because you're paying, like, I don't know how, I don't, I, I don't okay, know. Okay, maybe we maybe, maybe
2: ask yeah. Um I am failing to understand how I am paying 26% if I am only giving them 5%
1: about the time value I, i i'm seeing that there's just an there's an information gap and unfortunately i don't understand it well enough to explain it to you
2: explain like i am in grade eight Sure, I can explain it. When the financing company charges you a 5% fee to give you your money now, it may not seem like a big amount. However, this is not the same as interest rate. The financing company is not lending you money, but instead they're charging you a fee for finding a service. Now, when we calculate the APR, we're trying to figure out the equivalent annual interest rate that you would be paying if you were to borrow the same amount of money from the financing company and pay it back over a year. This calculation includes not only the fee, but also the time value of money. So the APR of 26.8% means that if you were to borrow the same amount of money for one year at an interest rate of 26.8% and pay it back in monthly installments, the total cost of the loan would be equal... To the amount you're paying to the finance company as a fee. In other words, the APR takes into account not only the five percent fee, but also the time value of money, which means that money is worth more when it's received now rather than later. Dude, hammer!
1: I'm not gonna lie, dude. I fucking basically explained it to you that way. I mean, I don't know, like
2: it's you this. Know what I'm it's saying? this that hit to me. Oh, what? It's so. When we calculate the APR, we're trying to figure out the equivalent annual interest rate that you would be paying if you were to borrow yeah. the same amount of money from the finances company and pay yeah. it back over a year. Yeah. That is not what I'm just saying. Because the cost is I can just instead of just waiting for this customer to pay me, I can just go take out a loan
1: at like Correct.
2: at five percent. At, at no. Well,
1: no, it's twenty six percent. It's five percent over two point five months, but the annual. No, but it's is, the is, same. So you, it's the same. It's like yeah, if, exactly. If, if you I was to take how, the loan what, today
2: yes. from yeah. another company, Amher. It's so crazy. So man. now this is incredible.
1: say, so Amherst. I know, but so say, um, what if my customers were paying me in six months rather than two point five? How would this change the APR? This is amazing. Holy fuck. So because your customers are paying you in such a short period of time, hammer it's not worth it. So I, the math I was doing was correct in the sense that unless you're getting above a 30% return, which maybe you are or maybe you aren't.
2: Yeah. Hold on. I want to keep the fee at 5%. There you go. See, it adjusted it. Okay.
1: Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? So that's why I was telling you that the longer it is that they pay you, the better it, it makes more sense to AR finance. But it, but in this case, you're in that sweet spot where it, it the math doesn't make sense.
2: Or oh, potentially man. doesn't. Because the problem I'm trying to solve is cash today. And if I'm getting it from my customer at 5%, well, it, it's kind of like the same of going and just getting a loan from the bank over 12 months and I pay 5% return. At the end of the day, I'm still paying 2.68%. One just you're takes basically creating.
1: The- you're basically creating loans to yourself at 27. Yeah, yeah. This good, is oh business. This is this is incredible. Amber, this is why you and I need to do business in the future, man. Because <laughs> yes. well, you would come to me with all these ideas, and I'd be like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, no, that just makes sense. This is no.
2: absolutely <laughs> incredible. Wow. Yeah. So if my yeah. wow. But do you see why I was so
1: cool, Amber, but do you see why I asked the questions that I initially asked of how long it's going to take them to pay you? What customers are paying? Like, do you see why I was asking those questions? So if
2: I go take out a loan of like a hundred thousand dollars at like 3%, that would be the move versus trying to do all this stuff.
1: Yeah. Amber, you'd be better off getting a fixed rate loan from a bank at prime plus (sighs) like Amber. So what you actually want to do is not finance your AR. You want to go get a line of credit.
2: Oh, this gets me going John this is I so know, much fun this,
1: I know it's fun and this is but do you see why I love this shit It just so saved me so I, yeah. much money yeah man I did yeah <laughs> holy but but that's where you can get really dirty though and it's you say okay well fine so then maybe you start off with an LOC at you know at, at Prime Plus right because you know you're in your business um, and if you explain what you're doing you know banks will loan you at probably 10% and that's that's actually good you know that's what we do with with, uh, with PR um, and the math totally checks out here. Eric. Totally checks out, right? Um, but what you eventually want to get doing is—is is you want to start uh, issuing long-term debt because the LOC is short-term debt, which is basically you're effectively just bringing on short-term debt to offset your uh, your, your 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 current assets, okay? Because the current asset is anything that's going to turn to cash within twelve months, right? And your current liability is something that's due in twelve months, right? Within months. Sorry, you lost so, me
2: again. Well, Sorry. Okay,
1: I, 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 let, me, let me explain it this way. Basically, you will be able to access more of your cash by bringing on debt, mm-hmm. but you want to bring on low cost debt. Yes. Okay. So the best kind of low cost debt is float. You know, you, you, you heard Warren Buffett talk about yes. that. How it's effectively a loan, but it's not a loan because you're not paying the interest. Yeah. Okay. Well, your business doesn't have any float, but what you want to do then is find the lowest cost of debt. Mm-hmm. And so the lowest cost of debt for you is going to be right now, probably a prime plus LOC. What's prime plus mean? Prime is the rate that it's like the lowest. It's like, 5%. like prime is like the best. No, prime right now is probably six something percent. Okay. And then so like 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 basically a prime bar a prime bor- borrower is someone who's like rock solid. You know, just everything's amazing. So you would probably be like prime plus four, prime plus three. You know, because um, they're basically saying, hey, like here's a prime borrower. You're like more risky than them. <laughs> like a you know like if prime right now is six and they're saying prime plus three, they're saying you're fifty percent more risky then you know um so that's what you want to do but then what you want to do eventually then is do fixed rate loans and and then what you so what you would do is you as a company right maybe what you do is you you start uh you start building up some assets within your business and then you borrow against those assets with literally low like so you you keep some equity in your business you retain earnings for example and then you retain those earnings and you buy assets like let's say uh some property plant equipment and plants. So you made me buy some real estate and you borrow against that super low debt because you're going to get a lower, you're going to get a lower. Um,
2: oh, interesting. So we use some yeah. of the cash to buy a property yeah. for the sole purpose yeah. of using that yeah, as because, collateral so I correct. can get a loan at a great rate. Correct. Oh. Correct.
1: Yeah. Because then what you, because then what you're doing is you're basically saying, okay, I'm going to keep the equity in the business. I'm going to get a return. So you're basically, okay, so you're going to take cash in your business, right? And you're going to say, okay, I mean, you could also reinvest it back into your business, but you could, you could. You could reinvest it back in your business and just grow through it. I mean, you don't have to do what I'm saying, but, but by keeping the money, by, 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 by self-funding, you're getting the return that there like, so let's say your cost of capital is 10% and you're not willing to take on debt, you're going to self-finance, then your return on the money that you're keeping, the equity you're going to keep in the business is 10%, which is, might be fine. But if your cost of capital is lower, so if you were to take that money or would say buy some real estate with it, for example... And then borrow against that real estate. You're going to bring down your cost of capital, right? Because you can, because now you have collateral. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got lost a little bit. The cost of capital. Is... I'm just looking at how
1: banks look at it. Banks okay. are going to want, like, if a bank is loaning against your cash flows, you're prime plus four. If they're loaning against a property, you're you're four percent.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I right? okay, got. it. So you're just kind of expanding on that point of having. A but pro- if your
1: but if your business doesn't need real estate then it doesn't then it doesn't make sense to necessarily buy real estate, it doesn't
2: right? need it at all
1: no it it doesn't right so then yeah
2: can we loan against the domain
1: no you, you know what well, no you're just going to be a prime plus borrower that's just okay. what it is all
2: right its it has got to be real estate yeah but like what's the hey, well then here's a question for you john well n- given now that you know some of these terms wouldn't it not even make sense to have a loan since we don't even have like that big of a cash flow problem because we just constantly have money
1: yeah, I mean, if if you have the choice between self funding, it depends. If, it depends on what your path to growth is. I mean, like it depends on what kind of return you're going to get from growth. And that's why I, that's why I was walking through that one equation that I did, where I talked when I talked through, what how much do you have to invest to get how much revenue, and then what's your actual cash, yeah. your operating cash flow from that, right? Like, what's your actual free cash flow yield? Basically, what I calculated.
2: My um, so free cash my flow free cash so free, yield. I, I think I can say this out loud. On a, on a month-to-month, our free... No,
1: no, no. You have to do it over a 12-month period. You can't do it a month.
2: Oh, our, our free cash flow?
1: Because you'll have some AR. Is that, the
2: same? Is that the same as cash net profit? Mm.
1: Yes, but but you can't calculate AR into that. You'd have to subtract out your AR for the year. So, like, take, take all of your cash that you made, minus out your AR, that's your free cash flow.
2: Oh, it's uh it's this.
1: Yeah, so so in that case you would want to bring on debt to reinvest to grow your business.
2: To offset the AR.
1: Correct. Yeah. Because you're basically by having by financing your AR at ten percent. You can reinvest it at that number you just texted.
2: Okay. So you can borrow oh, at ten
1: to re- yeah. Shit. So there's a spread between the two. What? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then so of course it's as-
2: fun. Yeah. This is straight yeah. <laughs> strategy game shit, dude. Yeah, All right. Right. it's fun. All right, yeah. wow. You <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you.
1: Yeah, but so but so banks banks borrow at like two percent and they and they reinvest at five, right? And the only way that makes sense is if is through massive leverage. You're borrowing at ten and reinvesting at the number you just texted me. You don't need a lot of leverage to do that to get a, a, a return on equity that's really high. Interesting. And you have no assets. So if you're paying out all your dividends, then you're always gonna you're always gonna have a return, crazy return on a- equity.
2: Cool, man. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, I gotta go because I'm super hungry. Yeah,
2: I gotta use the bathroom. But yeah, okay, cheers, man. Have a good one.
0: Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.